It's Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio. Here's Jeff Parles. Welcome in Football Friday. How about this? Episode 60 for this fine program. How about that? Really? I, I, look, I, the fact that we made it past number one and I didn't get fired, oh, I was yeah. very happy, oh, Chris. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I haven't been relieved of duty yet either, so you know, that's that's kind of a good thing. Uh, we're, we're, we're happy to be with you. Uh, Alex White will be joining us in, in, yeah. in a little bit. Uh, of course, uh, she, uh, she has, has to get her picks in. Has to get the picks in for the contest. Yeah, that's you know, kind of a, it's a little, little important, isn't that it? Girl won a contest. Oh, I know. Too, you know yeah. So let's not uh, yeah. poo-poo that. No, hey, look, it's important. Get the last thing you want is be yeah. one of those people who doesn't get your picks in, and all of a sudden you lose because yeah. you missed the week. She won a hundred thousand dollars. Pretty, you know, pretty good. That, that ain't bad. It's pretty yeah. good. Last year's uh, last man standing in college football, yeah. of course, at the station's casinos uh, across town. All right, Chris. Uh, a little bit different today because shorter college card, obviously. Yeah. Full, uh, not even a full NFL card. A lot of teams. Why are so many teams on buy? I don't know. I wish the they first... had those buys taken care of a while ago. Certainly yeah. before Thanksgiving. Yeah, and you know what the goofy part about it is? There's buys next week, too. I know. How about know. that? Uh, the uh, the Commanders and uh, who's the other team on buy? Well, you know, the NFL did do oh, us say, a favor. Still... It's Arizona and Washington <laughs> yeah. next week. So uh, they did at least There go my two... Super Bowl futures. Yeah, I mean, they did put two of the <laughs> six bottom teams in the NFL on buy, the late buys. Uh, this this year, um, you know what? Before we get into today, regular season's over. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're into into the into this championship week. When I walked into the property today, there were a ton of Oregon fans here. Ton, really? I saw yeah. a lot of Washington fans too. So there we go. So yeah, a lot of them. Yeah. yeah so I, I I happen to see more Oregon fans. I saw a few Washington fans. Yeah. See, I saw more Washington see, fans. So, so there you yeah. go. I it. This is going to be split down the middle tonight. I really do I think, think so. uh, yeah. they're there at Allegiant You're going Stadium. to the game, right? I will be there. I will I, be you know, there. you're going to the last Pac-12 game ever. I am. You know what? Actually, Ryan, do we have it? Do you have it? Okay. Well, Ryan did something special for the really? end of the Pac-12 for us today. So. I got to tell you, well, it was a Pac-8 when I first yeah. started following it. But, you know, when uh, these teams were, well, I was just going to say, we had USC and, uh, you know, I'm going to go very briefly here. They they did a lot to change football in the SEC mm-hmm. when they went into Alabama. I want to say 1967. It might have been 1968. And Bama was, I think, early season number one team in the country. USC went in there and kicked their ass. And they had a black quarterback uh, uh, with a lot of other black players on that team. And Bear Bryant went to Alabama first. Says, I can't compete on a national level unless you let me get some of these black guys in here. And, of course, they let them do that. And that opened it up for the SEC, but not only for football and basketball, but, you know, it really had had a lot to do with integration. I can't judge the heart of Bear Bryant. I don't know about that. But I can judge the results of what he did. And uh, what he did really kind of opened the door for integration in in the South. A hundred percent. Again, it's amazing and again like it doesn't feel like it's that long ago but i remember watching the game i mean i mean that 60 (laughs) years ago i mean obviously it's it was a whole different you know the pack eight that was like that you know in the california teams they're very progressive and it was what us usc ucla cal um cal stanford uh god what was the eight i guess it was washington and oregon and I guess Washington State and Oregon State, yeah, because the Arizona teams weren't in it yet. Yeah, where was Arizona, where were the Arizona teams? They were they? they were in either the Big Sky or the WAC. I want to say the Ooh, WAC. Oh, lovely, nice. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. There we there we go. Uh, again, this whole whole new thing. There it is. The tribute that our guy Ryan McCormick uh, put together today. Oh. Uh, of course, what? the ending of one of our, w w one of, in all honesty, the movie that, that I associate the most with the end of my childhood. Uh, last, I was a senior in, in high school when Toy Story 3 came out. Ah. And uh, here you go. You were in high school for Toy Story 3? Yeah. Oh. Toy, Toy Story 3 was, uh, was, was, two th was 2011. Or 2010, excuse me, the really? end of 2010. That long ago? Yeah. Is it that long ago? Yeah. Wow. Now, if you ask me what year to Toy Story 4 came out, I have absolutely no idea. But uh, <laughs> regardless, apparently they're doing a fifth one, which uh, which uh, I know uh, everyone in the back uh, loves for that. All right. I, can, I love the Toy Story They're great movies. movies. I they're love great. Most Pixar movies yeah. are great movies. All right. Before we get to tonight, though, just a regular season at large, since mm -hmm. we're, we're through it, obviously. Mm -hmm. Great handle all the way through. Fantastic. And and just yet another year of just spectacular business for college football betting. Yeah. You know, our win wasn't great. Okay. But uh but the the handle and I just I talked to Kaluch just this go. morning. You know, his handle's way up too. So I mean our handle's gone way, way up. You know, and they're part of they're under our umbrella. Handle's way up. Uh you know, the win wasn't great, but I've talked to a couple guys around town. It's been Listen, bookmakers, we're known for crying. You know, it wasn't, wasn't that bad, believe me, but it just wasn't up to uh, what we made last year. But the, the handle was fantastic, and, uh, you know, we'll be fine. You know, it was an interesting year across the board football-wise, and, again, we still have, amazingly, a third of the NFL regular oh, season bet, to go, yeah. uh, plus the playoffs. It does. It, this has been a better year for the public. It just, yeah. the way that it has, there are a lot of sharp yeah. betters that are not having as good of years as yeah, they would normally Yeah, it's not hope. the wise guys that beat us. Yeah. It was the general public. Yeah, no, your worst weeks have been the week that the public just lined up and took yeah. their shot. I'm looking, this is one of the worst years for parlay cards that we've ever had, and that's, you know, the general public. Right. Well, that's, uh, again, sometimes it happens. Yeah. And just remember, yeah. and, and just uh, just throwing this out there, because there's a lot of, a lot of, people out there in the space are like, oh, never bet with the public. Hey, the public's still got to win their fair share of bets, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, that's, and, and by the way, and seriously, I've been doing this starting in 79, so this is 44, this is my 44th year. The public today is much more educated oh, definitely. than what they were back in the 70s and 80s. They know not to bet a 30-point favorite to the under. They know not to tease 14-point favorites in the NFL. All that kind of stuff. They know not to do that. So today's public is much more educated than the public of the past. So don't just automatically. And I know there's one guy, and I, I love the guy. He's actually passed away now, but I love him. He says, I'll never bet a favorite. I said, you know, you automatically start by eliminating 50% of the winners on the board. Because it's about a 50-50 split. Right. This is your only bet dogs. I mean, you know, I, that that's just not a rational you know, way to handicap. There's some of the, some of the favorites. There's value in betting the favorites at times. Yeah, and again, they like you said, pretty close to a fifty fifty split. About that. And I again, I've, I've said this for a few years, but this year especially, like again, the public, it's not automatic that the public is going to no. lose every every bet. We're sharp act with sharp action on every game. And as you said, there's no sharp union. There's no <laughs> there's no wise guy. There's union. no wise guy union. Excuse yeah. me. Uh, where there's no, uh, hey, look, some of the wise guys like the like the Ducks tonight. Some of them like the Huskies. And, yeah, that's and, what guys <laughs> will ask me, you know, who are the wise guys? Now, well, what's the number? You know, at right. eight and a half and nine, I've probably did more wise guy business on the favorite. At 10, the wise guys bet the dog. You know, what's the number? 
Right now we're nine and a half. We're right in the middle. So yeah, you know, so let's go to looks it. Looks like a good number tonight. Uh, first in the rotation number is the game here, just a little due north at Allegiant Stadium. The Ducks and the Huskies for one last time. The Pac-12 takes center stage. The winner of this one almost assuredly going to the college football playoff. Washington wins. We know they're going. Oregon, there could be some stupid, silly business, but it would be, to me, just totally wrong if the Ducks are not there uh, when this is announced on Sunday morning here on the West Coast. But, Chris, these teams met in Seattle about six weeks ago. Epic game, 36-33. Washington wanted. Game went over. Game pushed most numbers. Uh, closed three and that one with Washington. This is a different sort of toggler than yeah. that one back a few weeks ago sure. in Seattle. This one's been toggling between 10 and 9.5. And Essentially the whole week, you opened it at the larger number of 10. We're sitting right now at 9.5 with the Ducks laying it against the Huskies. Well, I didn't particularly love Oregon, but my numbers came to 10. Okay. So I figured I might as well open it with what my numbers came to. And they took it, and I think they took us down as low as nine, and then they laid it back up. Uh, so right now, I, you know, Jeff, I got tremendous business on this game. As long as it doesn't fall anywhere than near the number, I think we're in pretty decent shape. I just to try to do a little bit of homework uh, on these two teams. And you can see statistically since that game, not just in the final score results, but in uh, some of the internal metrics, uh, Washington has regressed a little bit and Oregon has not if anything Oregon is you know progressed I guess it would be the word uh they've gotten a little bit better if you look at their numbers so I think Oregon is uh you know deserve it of being a 10 point favorite so I mean I, I wouldn't uh, rush to the window to lay nine and a half but I think the number's right there and uh yeah, I just want to mention a friend of mine, Dave Bartu. Would you know who that is? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Up yeah, in the good, Pacific Northwest, yeah, great, one of the better numbers guys there is. Great numbers guy. Yeah. And I've known Dave. I, I've never met Dave, but we've conversed and talked on the phone. And Fascinating that, human being. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He really is. Uh, and I told him, I said, I said, Dave, you know, I put out, I think Georgia would be a one-point favorite over Oregon on a neutral field. Pretty much everybody out there is telling me I'm nuts. What do you think? He says, I got it a toss-up. If those two play, and I, I I asked Dave, I said, do you mind if I mention you on the show? He goes, no, absolutely, mention him. So I hope Dave's listening. Uh, really, really smart guy, and as you said, a fascinating yes. guy. Uh, and I, I like his judgment a lot. Now, listen, we've seen pick games where teams win by 30. You know, sure. so, I mean, that that's not the, the thing. But I think right now, my, I think my number, and I'm going to stand by it, I think Georgia should be a one-point favorite if they – play Oregon and that's uh you know if we open at that I mean if it opens three everywhere I'm gonna probably open two and a half just you know right. why would take I take the bed and go for yeah, that I'll take a, uh, yeah I'll take the number the best number that I could get for myself you know uh but we'll see but I think uh, I was I was glad to have Dave agree with me so yeah. it made C me feel better CFB matrix on Twitter is Bartu's handle yeah uh again coach effect is one of the things he, that he has put together not just coach effect for head coaches but he goes he does a deep dive on mm -hmm. all like coordinators yep. and things like that like not not just better than anybody way better than anybody he really ha understands where these coaches come from and what their credentials are and that sort of thing so yeah go follow uh cfb matrix dave bartu uh you know a friend of mine that i've never met but like i said we've conversed a uh, hundred times so uh just uh just looking at this game a little bit further here, we can yeah. go deeper dive on these games because we have 
just a handful as opposed yeah. to 60 of them that yeah, we, we sometimes have, have on these college football Saturdays. Uh, you know, these the first meeting between these two teams was that was as big of a coin flip as you're ever going to mm-hmm. see. That game was dead even. Went down to a final kick. D- dead even. If Oregon convo- converts the fourth down on their next to last drive, the game is over. The Ducks win. Uh, there was no hoopla about, oh, all the fourth down stuff from Lanning, which, again, I liked it at the time to go for it. End the game. Don't even let Penix get the ball. Uh, they don't get it. Penix drives them down, get the touchdown. And then, like you said, a missed makeable kick mm-hmm. that would have given us overtime. And you and Vinny have both brought this up on, on the show where since then, these trend these teams have trended the different ways. Yeah. Washington, even though they're higher in the rankings, and look, we know the committee's going to put the 12 and 0 team that beat the team that's 11 and 1 higher than that. But the Ducks have looked so much better than Washington has over the last six weeks. And I know there were some. There were some people that weren't following it this week to look at this number and be like, whoa, nine and a half. I'm going to take Washington blind here because mm-hmm. of just regular reasons. But yeah. with the way that this, this these teams have played, I thought the nine and a half was the right number. I had no problem with the 10 being out there that you, that you said at the beginning of the week. And that's part of the reason I'm going to the game with nothing in my pocket on really? this game pre-flop. Yeah. Yeah. Well, can you get connectivity and that? Uh, I can. I, 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 I've been successful yeah. getting stuff in. Sometimes that's hard. It's yeah. hard. It's, yeah. it's, it's harder T-Mobile than Allegiant. Actually. Really? Yeah. For whatever reason. I don't uh, know why. You know, um, you know, th- there's so many games, you know, and I, you know, Kenny White, who was on our show last week, mm-hmm. I, 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 he was, I don't know if I was eavesdropping, but he was talking to something about at, uh, his daughter, Alex. And saying, you know, there's, um, I don't know what the percentage is, he says, but you look at games, it's got to be 50, 60% of games could go either way with the number. And that's why you got to get the best of the number. But, you know, like I said, there's 30 point, there's pick them games that one team wins by 30. Well, there's nothing you can do about that. But so many games just hang right in the balance and go right down to the end. And that Washington, Oregon game was one of those easily could have gone the other way. But I can understand the committee. Um, you know, and we don't make, we don't make the rankings. We make the numbers and, uh, you know, listen, they, they take the easy way out and, and, and it's justifiable and they don't have to deal with any crap, but it's just easier to make Washington higher in the rankings than Oregon. Well, and again, if Washington wins tonight, guess what? They have not only earned the birth, they deserve oh, it for sure. They could very easily if get some weird stuff tomorrow. Could move up, could be granted yeah. there's no difference between the two or the three, but maybe an easier or harder opponent, depending on what ends up happening. Uh, but if the Ducks win, and we'll get into this as we go along, my assumption is if they win, they're going to be three. Yeah. Uh, and Florida State, depending on what happens, Florida yeah. State's not going to move off a of number four if the Seminoles are going to the college football. Yeah, let's class. assume Michigan wins. Yeah. They'll, and then we'll get there'll to, be one or two. We'll get to the SEC yeah, game a okay. little later. And yeah. Yeah. The big, you know, the big question mark is going to be what's going to happen in the SEC tournament. And if Bama yeah. wins, is Georgia out? And I think Bama has to be in if they if they win. But, you know, that's that's not a slam dunk either. They lost by, what, 10, I think, early in the year to Texas? You know, I don't know. Does that does the committee look at that or not? I, I wouldn't myself, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm not on the committee. It'll be fascinating to see what ends up happening, especially yeah. – Again, if Alabama beats Georgia, that's the one scenario that I know the committee doesn't want to see because no. then they really have to work. Yeah. If Georgia beats Alabama, Florida State wins out, oh. w- wins their game, you know what? They they can just hide behind, you know, we're not yeah. keeping a 13-0 and 
conference champion out. Sorry, Texas. You shouldn't have yeah. lost Oklahoma in the Red River. Right. So, alas. All right, let's go to the other game tonight. This one starts at 4 o'clock Pacific, 7 o'clock Eastern. Uh, hey, look, I would say throw out the record books usually yeah. when New Mexico State and Liberty do battle. But, hey, this is a CUSA championship <laughs> game here, Chris. Uh, what an amazing job by Jerry Kill. We brought oh, it up. Man, yeah. uh, there's not, there's basically nothing going on in Las Cruces. This has been a, a horrible football program basically it's entire basically existence. my whole life yeah, yeah it's entire existence and here they are winning at auburn two weeks ago yeah and now in the conference championship game against the liberty team uh jimmy chadwell of course took over for hugh freeze when he left for auburn undefeated the flames are this year uh the open 12 bet down to as low as 10 and a half which is where you sit right now did yeah. pop back to 11 after yeah. an initial yeah we go to 10 and a half a uh, total from 54 up the ladder to 57 and a half on this one now. Well, again, and I've been saying this for years, when you have your power ratings, it just gives you a place to start. Sure. And my power ratings came to 13, Liberty a 13-point favorite. Okay. But I got to tell you, the more I looked at this game, I, you know, I think the dog has a hell of a chance here. I, I agree mean, with winning you. outright. I mean, Jerry Kill, I mean, the guy was a terrific coach in Minnesota, and he had uh, health issues mm -hmm. that forced him we thought into retirement, but he took a sabbatical or whatever. And I think he was an assistant coach. Uh, I can't remember for who. He was doing some good work as an assistant coach, and he got hired here at New Mexico State. The man is a good football coach. And I got to tell you, like I said, even though my power ratings come higher, the more I look at this game, I kind of like the dog. I think they're going to hang in there all the way. And Liberty's pretty good. Liberty's been a very, very good team. It's been a good program for a couple years. I don't think much of the school itself, but uh, we can get into that some other different, time. Di di different argument for a different yeah, day. Yeah, that's a different <laughs> argument for a different day. But their football program is really, really good. And they've came essentially from nowhere, what, Jeff, five, six years ago, something like that? No, I mean, they weren't even FBS. Yeah, they weren't, even, they weren't that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, they, they were kind of like, uh, you know, like a BYU type um, school yeah. in a sense. Uh, but they, uh, they've really done well with their football program. And if you were backing them this year, what's their record ATS? Do you have that? It's pretty good. I know that. Uh, I did double check it, but I think it's nine and three. Yeah, that's that's pretty good, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, yeah so I think that they they've been fine. So I have a lot of respect for the Liberty program. But like I said, the more I looked at this, I I think uh, I think New Mexico State has a really good chance of not just covering but winning this game outright. So uh, just looking at it, yeah, Liberty uh, Liberty so far this year actually. Uh, Gave them one extra eight eight and four against the number, yeah. but they've covered the last the last few, uh, except for that UTEP game uh, last week. But just looking at um, looking at New Mexico State, I I like Pavia. I think he's a lot of fun. Their quarterback, who's mm -hmm. the only person to throw a uh, a pass with his helmet on backwards this year <laughs> with that uh face mask. Going back to the first meeting with these two teams, they met all the way back on September 9th. So really early in the yeah. season, before New Mexico State really knew what they were. Right. Liberty won the game 33-17. If we look at yards per play, they're dead even. They're both at 6.8 yards per play. Now, here's the problem. Liberty ran 77 plays versus New Mexico State's 50. And New Mexico State lost the turnover battle negative two that day yeah you're not gonna win you're not winning that game you're on the road if you're going negative two on a turnover differential and the opponent has 27 more plays right. than you but the offensive production was there in that game for new mexico state they just continually got in their way i was a little you know chris 
I was a little bit surprised that this was his, and I know what your power rating said, coming at the whole 13. With the way that New Mexico State has played, especially mm-hmm. over the last six weeks, I'm a little surprised that 12 was basically, you opened 12, it was mostly mm-hmm. 12 in the market. I'm not surprised the betters took it. I'm not surprised no. this has been a popular underdog, and I tend to agree with you. I don't know if they get there outright, but they have a great shot to pull this thing tonight. And boy, if they pull this thing, what, regardless, already an amazing job by Jerry Kill. Yeah. Yeah. Even uh, overkill at that point. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, if, if, you, if you win a CUSA championship game at New Mexico State, again, it's New Mexico. <laughs> we have some amazing like programs that are never in this spot. Right. Obviously, the one just. Just in town in UNLV, right, yeah. one of them as well. Yeah. But New Mexico State's almost as ridiculous as UNLV hosting the Mountain West title game. That's funny because they've had some good basketball programs over the both, years. Well, obviously, yeah. both schools yeah. have. Yeah, yeah they, they really have. But, you know, I've always wondered, how can, why do some schools, why do they do so well in basketball and can't seem to find their way football? Kansas may have finally figured it well, out. You can ask Kansas. You can ask Duke. I mean, you can Kentucky, ask. Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky, they're mediocre, yeah. you know. Um, but uh, I, I. I really do like uh, the chances of this team. Of cha- I'm going real quick. I want to see what my money line is on this game. Because I think if I was out there playing, I'd take a little flyer on the money line. Yeah, plus, plus 330. Yeah, I think it's. I think that's good. I think, I think that's now, good. I see a couple higher. Uh, not much higher. But, I mean, I listen, I'm at, you know, you got to move with your business. Of course. You know, but uh, I think if you're out there playing, you know, New Mexico State on the money line might have a little bit of a show. There might be some value there. Let's uh, head to tomorrow. Okay. Texas. Texas wins. They at least will be alive going to tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, if they lose, see you later. Yeah. They Adios. You're done. They take on Oklahoma State, who somehow, somehow is there. Somehow. Uh, I, I, gotta, I, I just have to make sure I uh, bring up the right uh, person here on, on the tweets. But. Oklahoma State was the luckiest, according to CFBStats.com. Okay. They were the luckiest team in college football okay. this year. They were 4.2 wins above expectation. Is that right? Based off of post-game win expectancy. So that that's a team that was expected to barely win five, then won nine. And here they are in the Big 12 championship game. This team got blasted at home by South Alabama in September. Yeah. Um, and here we are. And you know what, Chris? I know this number opened at 12 and a half, and boy, that didn't take long for it to go right to two touchdowns. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I, yeah. I, you know, and that was one of those where I, I made the number 14. Right. It was not, nothing crazy. Tried to stay a little bit ahead of it. when Because I think when I opened at 13, I think it was still 12 and a half. Yeah. Around. So I tried to stay a little bit ahead of it. And one of my wise guys laid the 13. I said, oh, geez, yeah, just go right to 14. Just right. go there. Skip 13 and a half. So we did, and that seems to be a smart move on my part because it's gone nothing but up since. Right now, I do need Oak State pretty good. But, Jeff, you talk about, and and I've, I've said, you know, the mullet, he's not always my favorite guy. He really isn't. But if you look back, and since that blowout of South Alabama, and then they lost a close one to Iowa State, they've been on a roll. The only blemish, and you can almost understand it, is after they won the final be- Bedlam game, 
I'm sure those kids were reading their accolades all week. They oh, that, the greatest that was team one of the his... biggest clunkers of anyone yeah, the whole year. Right. That game in Orlando. <laughs> they got massacred by Central Florida. That was the, uh, in the last 20 years, that was the only time an unranked beat a ranked team by 40 plus. <laughs> <laughs> so Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, 45-3. I'm yeah. looking. Yeah, that's 40 plus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and Oklahoma, look, Oklahoma State, and again, credit to Gundy. Absolutely. Credit, it, this yeah. is not other than Ollie Gordon, who is amazing, amazing running back. Um, doing some again. I don't want to bring up Barry Sanders because that's not fair to Ollie no, Gordon. Dan, anybody, Barry, it wouldn't be fair to Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, it wouldn't be fair to anyone. Line. But I, I mean, Ollie Gordon was having, for a running back as basically the best running back seasons that weren't Barry Sanders for yeah. Oklahoma State. Um, I mean, they were lucky to win last week. They were seventeen point favorite against BYU. Yeah. And they needed a lot of oh, things yeah. to go right yeah. <laughs> when that game at overtime, 40 to 34. They were in a 24-6 hole at halftime. I, you know, and again, I know I missed missed the number, and I wish I had been on it when when he opened and and laid those good numbers earlier in the week. Texas is one of the teams that I think would benefit from style points this week. Mm -hmm. And there aren't many of those this right. week that would benefit from style points. So Texas gets up 21-0 quick. They're not going to take the foot off the gas pedal. They're right. just going to go, 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 go. Yeah. And if they win the game, and you know what? They're not going to care. They don't have to see Oklahoma State ever again because they're going to the SEC I next year. you're right, yeah. They don't have to yeah. see them again. So, like, who cares if you beat them 52 to 10 and Gundy's annoyed that you ran it up? They don't care. And they just want to get as many style points as possible. I think Texas runs them out. I just don't see how Oklahoma, stays, Oklahoma State stays in this game unless, and this is always his thing with Texas, we didn't see it last week because they just ran Texas Tech out of the building in Austin. But you and I both know this. This Texas team, despite all that talent, is very much stupid enough to let Oklahoma State hang in this game with stupid turnovers, mm -hmm. silly coaching decisions. They are more than capable of making this a game that doesn't necessarily need to be a game. Well, I, you know, I said I, I'm not I'm not a fan uh, of the mullet of Gundy as a person, but I he he's done a really good job as a coach. Sarkeesian, I, I have a lot of questions oh, on yeah. him as a coach, an awful lot of them. And what you said, I think, is right. Now, listen, I have I made the number 14. I guess now that it's starting to climb up, I guess there's some 16s in the market. I would lean towards a dog, but, again, not something I would really be looking to bet on. But I can tell you right now I'm going to need Oak State when they kick off, uh, barring something crazy. Yeah, I, I, that, and, that doesn't and, surprise and me. Whatever happens, happens. You know, I mean, yeah. I think I'm okay with it. So. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, again, I, I think Texas rolls – uh, yeah. But we'll we'll, yeah. we'll see. see again. It if any of these big time teams are going to blow a ridiculous game, it would be the Horns. I don't think any of those other big teams uh, can can blow a big game like this. Uh, I want to get the MAC championship. Alex White will be joining us. Uh, mm -hmm. Actually, Alex can join us on the desk right now. Uh, Bring uh, water uh, with you. Yeah. Alex, yeah. <laughs> see hockey. The, I'm the, thirsty. See, we're doing we're doing we're doing the the, the hockey uh, line change yeah, in the right. middle of the segment. Um, <laughs> The, the MAC championship, Chris, Toledo is taking on Miami of Ohio. We saw this matchup already this year, and it was uh, it was one where Toledo kind of, I, I don't want to say messed around, but it kind of felt like they did watching that game. Up 21-3 at halftime, had to sweat it out, won that game 21-17 on the road against Miami of Ohio. Now they do it again in Detroit. Currently at seven, Chris, with a 43 and a half here. I made this game a lot lower. Okay. I, I think it's going to be much, much closer. <coughs> Boy, I didn't need that water. I was thinking more like a three even. You oh, know, wow. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so yeah. much, much lower. Yeah. 
Um, and I like Toledo. I like their program. I think they've had a, you know probably the best Mac program over what the past decade or so, maybe even further back than that. Um, but I think it's going to be a close game. I, you know, I thought, you know, I, and again, I've tried to stay under the market on this game. I saw it as high as eight. I was using seven and a half. It's gone down to seven and a half. I went to seven. I see some seven starting to pop up in the market. I haven't gone below that. Uh, but I do think, I think this is going to be a real tough game. And uh, I, I would not lay a big price on Toledo, but uh, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with the market. But yeah, I definitely like the dog in this one. That's interesting because again, Miami of Ohio, you know, I still think if Ohio stays healthy, I still think the Bobcats would have won that division. Yeah, it's close. I did too. It's yeah. close, but hey, Alex, we'll bring you in here. Again, we, we had this discussion a little bit earlier in the week on, on this game. Chris, obviously also too, this has been the, the classic toggler between seven and seven and a yeah. half the whole week. But Again, I didn't bet this one, but what, what do you think here? Again, the Rockets laying seven game in Detroit, Mac champion. Well, I'm really happy to hear Chris say that because I haven't heard much about uh, Miami, Ohio. But I did take the seven and a half with them, and I agree with him. I thought it was going to be lower. First game, Toledo won 21-17. And Miami, Ohio's defense is really good, especially their secondary. And, you know, they're holding teams to 16 points a game, seventh best in the nation. So, I think their defense can keep them in this game. I know they did lose their um, starting quarterback, but Avion Smith has done well for them, and he's made them more of a running team. So I think they'll be able to move move the ball on the ground. Miami, again, seven-point uh, seven underdogs in this one. Uh, total 43-and-a-half as well, which is the second lowest total well, of the yeah. weekend because uh, well, the lowest Iowa, out of real football because <laughs> Iowa is playing this weekend. That's the only reason that's the lowest total, yeah. uh, second lowest total and not the lowest this weekend. Uh, you know, it, that Mac championship game always brings us something loony. <laughs> There's always something silly that happens in that game. And we used to be on a Friday night, right now they moved yeah. it. Now they moved it to uh, the noon Eastern kick. So uh, maybe a well, few it was more nice eyeballs. to have the last man standing champion. Yeah, she's agreeing here. with me. Yeah, there we go. And if she wins it again, we're going to have to call it the last woman standing. So, uh, how would you go with that? Would you be okay with that? I would. I would. Okay, all right. But I'm not, in, I'm not in that one anymore. So, oh, okay. I, I still got a couple contests. You're going to rest on get... your laurels. Okay. I don't blame you. <laughs> Good. So, uh, you know what? You know, we'll keep the, uh, the Alex White flair here. Let's go to the game due north oh, of here. Yeah. Tomorrow, the Allegiant Stadium double. Boise State, UNLV. Uh, Broncos staying here, right, Chris? Yeah. Broncos staying here on property. Big, nice banner by the valet in the front, welcoming yeah. everyone to town. Uh, again, UNLV, <laughs> nine wins, almost four years worth of wins in one year, basically, for the yeah. Rebs, hosting the Mountain West title for the first time ever. Uh, Chris, Boise State is favored in this game, though. Two and a half right now. At Allegiant Stadium, total 60, and we, we kind of had this discussion a little bit yesterday. This has been, I mean, for Boise State, they fired Avalos a month yeah. ago, and here they are. A, 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 the, still the, they are still the premier program in this conference, yeah. and here they are still in a Mountain West title game, despite having a, a year, a seven-win season at Boise State. It, the, the sky's falling yeah. on them, and they're still in the conference title game. Well, I can remember Boise State used to be in the big sky, and they played yep. uh, Nevada, and I was at uh, a playoff game one time. It was one of the best games. I've, I think it was like 48-45, something like that. Nevada beat them. But they've gone to, 
heights after that. They sure. Gone, that were, I, I think it was still called Division Two at the time. But anyway, they've gone from Division Two to now. They, you know, when they beat Oklahoma back in the, uh, was it the Orange Bowl, I think? Uh, Fiesta. Fiesta Bowl. Uh, all those years. I think people really woke up to how good that program was. They've fallen back a little bit this year, but they're obviously going to try to correct things by <clears throat> bringing in a new coach. But nonetheless, I, I made this game like a pick em. Um, you know, I gave UNLV maybe a little bit for a home field, not you know one maybe. Uh, and again, would I you know, run to the counter and bet this? But I think if you bet UNLV on the money line, get a nice little plus. I think there's some value there. And, uh, you know, we've written really good business both ways. Well, with Boise staying here, there's no surprise. We found some Boise money that is uh, trickled into the counter. But, uh, you know, the, the Rebel fans, uh, listen, they support their team when they win. And they've had a really good year. Uh, Steve Stallworth, who is a former quarterback yes. at UNLV, loves to tease me because I told him Vince Lombardi couldn't win there. But apparently Barry Odom can. So good for him. But, uh you know, we'll see what happens, but I think it. Uh, I I, I like the game at Pickham, and I thought uh, UNLV plus either a few points, especially if you get the three, or uh, getting the decent money line is uh, is a decent play. So I did jump in um, about midseason when UNLV was doing really good, and just took a little bit on eighteen to one. So I haven't hedged or anything with that. I'm just going to write it out, go into the game to support the Rebels. Of course, I do like that UNLV is playing really good fundamental football they're leading the mountain west in third down conversions their kicker was named mountain west kicker of the year so their special teams is really good they're doing all the little things right so i think they'll hang in this one and i'm hoping hoping they can pull it off yeah they got to get lucky at the end of the game but i think you could say the same thing for boise i think it's gonna be a tight game we've seen a lot of these mountain west games uh the last few weeks come down to the end right and like field goal so well, forgot the league's best kicker. That's probably uh, something that's pretty good. Yeah, you know this. So total sixty, by the way, on this. There's sixty and a half on the mark yeah. in the market on this as well. I, you know, I just you, I, you and I talked about this earlier in the week, Alex. I actually think what happened to UNLV last week helps them here. Where, all right, that's the get used to the lights game against San Jose State. You know what? <laughs> you played three really bad quarters. Started to come back too late. Uh, whatever that clock management was on the last drive was totally bizarre anyway. But I think getting that out of the way helps them this week. And I really don't think this Boise team's any good. I, <laughs> I, I think they're really average. And for UNLV to get this game at home, I have no idea what that crowd will look like tomorrow, but hopefully there will be some some uh, some scarlet and gray in there with, with UNLV hosting this thing for the first time. And it could be, a while again before yeah. they host it again. Boise usually travels well. well I, I saw a lot of blue in, in yeah. the hotel as well yeah. so far today. Uh, but I, I think UNLV is going to win this game outright. Uh, this would be, forget the points, just take the price and, and go from there. And get plus 120. Yeah, it's not a bad return. Better than Lane's 11 to 10. Yeah, 100%. Especially uh, in a game that I don't think is landing uh, Boise by two. Chris, I don't think it's landing. Hey, it's got to land somewhere. You can, you can have triple overtime. You get it landed, landed yeah. on. Two. Oh yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Since we got dueling two point conversions uh, in OT. All right, let's go to a game we discussed a little bit yesterday. SMU Tulane. So number one quarterback Preston Stone's out, broken fibula, done for the year for SMU. Um, Tulane going for their second consecutive New Year's Six Bowl game appearance. Of course, last year they were in the Cotton Bowl. That stunner. Coming from way back to beat USC in that yeah. one. Uh, 
would probably be a trip to Atlanta in the Peach Bowl this year would be my guess if Tulane wins this game. Honestly, the winner of this game, period, should go to the Peach Bowl. I think SMU has done enough to justify being the highest-rated uh, non-Power 5 team. Even if Liberty wins tonight, I think an 11-2 SMU should go over a 13-0 Liberty. But, Chris, uh, you're down to three. Yeah. Even with the backup quarterback for the Ponies in this one, Tulane laying it at home. Total 47 there at Yolman in New Orleans. It's another game. I made it way lower. You know, we talked about it yesterday. Mm -hmm. I opened three and a half. It jumped up to six. And we did. I went along with the market, too, because they do have a new quarterback at SMU. And the other kid, and, you know, I can't remember his name, was really good. Had great, great, had great numbers. But, uh, you know, reading a lot from the uh, SMU websites and that sort of thing, everybody loves this kid that's coming in. They have really high hopes. Now, what's he throwing about? 15, 20 passes all season. What, what like was that. it, Alex? 24. 24, 24 passes yeah. all year. So <laughs> this is a much, much bigger situation. We'll see how the kid is. I mean, he is like 19 years old. You know, you never know how a kid like that's going to respond. But they are very high on him. I've tried to stay on the uh, SMU side of the market, and it's been to no avail. All the money has been on SMU. So apparently, uh, you know, the word is out, and a lot of people believe that this kid is a really, really good quarterback. Now, you got to give Willie Fritz and what he's done at Tulane a ton of credit. I mean, for years, they were one of the worst programs in the South. And now, you know, again, they're knocking on the door to a second consecutive uh, New Year's Day bowl bowl game. It was a lot of, lot of credit to them for what they've done. Before we get to Alex's play, one, one quick thing on Willie Fritz. There was a report out of Houston today that Fritz was going to be the next coach at the Cougars. Oh, not Houston. So I, I, I don't know how that works. Uh, and again, remember, that looked like it was going to be trailer from UTSA going. Maybe something fell through. It, kind of a weird situation with that potentially yeah. with Fritz. Uh, but Alex, uh, we, we discussed this one uh, a little bit yesterday as well. Yeah, and I don't want to take anything away from Tulane because you're right, they are a very good program. But I did take the points with SMU, got him at five. I think it's really going to rely on their defense and especially their secondary because Tulane's quarterback, Michael Pratt, very good, put up good numbers all year, but they do rely on him heavily in their passing game. So I think SMU's defense is very good and their secondary, and they can keep them in this game. They um, are sixth in the nation and allowed yards per pass attempt. So another close game I think we're going to have with the conference championship. Again, the winner of this one really deserves to be in Atlanta or maybe SMU gets sent to the Cotton Bowl. Uh, again, SMU, just remember, actually, SMU, power four team next year because they're in the ACC yeah. next year. I, I got to give our man Vinny credit. Yes. Halfway through 100%. the season, he told me, look out for this SMU team. They're really good. And I started following them since then. And yeah, I've tried to be on their side quite a bit. And they're that, that that's a good team. They really put up some numbers. And another program, and you know, you 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 kids don't remember back when they got the death penalty, uh, and probably deserved it. I hate to say because those guys are really blatant. You know, Eric Dickerson was mm -hmm. driving the you know, the nicest car in Texas, I think. And uh, you know, so they they were really pretty blatant in what they were doing. But nonetheless, they've come back from that death penalty, and now they'll be a power four team. And uh, ACC, you better look out. This team's pretty darn good. Well, in a, in a conference that Florida State you, it will still be a top-notch team. Sure. Clemson, you anticipate, will be better Probably, next yeah. year. 
Uh, Louisville, who knows? It could be just starting for Brom and yeah. company in Louisville. Duke, unfortunately, Duke is going to go backwards. Yeah. Uh, Elko, of course, going to uh, a and I don't blame him, but boy, you know. I, and, you know. and Riley Leonard looks like he's going to be uh, going to be a golden domer also. Right. Yeah. Uh, in, uh, the, uh, in the tri- They just you just stay in the tri- in, in the triad, right? Just uh, who's who's the NC State quarterback next year? That's who's next on on that, right? Oh, man, I'm, I'm telling you already. Matter of fact, I was texting with Bartu today, and he's, uh, he's trying to keep up with the – the assistant coaches, let yeah. alone with the uh, the players, you know, who are transferring. Let's go to the big one. Atlanta, Georgia. Georgia, Alabama. We finally get it. Boy, the Tide were lucky last week, to put it politely. <laughs> Fourth and 31, and you end up with single coverage on their best wide receiver? How is that possible? I still, a week later, I still don't know how Auburn managed to screw that up as badly as they did. And they did. Credit to Bama, they made the play when they had to, and they're eleven and one. They're still alive into the college, potentially into the college football playoff. Chris, Georgia, uh, you know, got to give the dogs credit because you know there was a whole part of this year, Chris, where the dogs look like you know what they're very mediocre. They're all right. They're clearly good, but yeah. they're not elite. They're not top. They might not even be in the top five in college football. There was times I didn't have them in my top five. And, and to their credit, the last <clears> month <throat> they have turned it up. Yeah, they're my they, number one. Right yeah, now. and and I, I agree with that. And and they beat Missouri in that tight game. They yeah. blasted Ole Miss. They blasted Tennessee. That Georgia Tech team made no sense all year. Yeah. So it made sense that that game was tight for yeah, a lot longer different. than it needed yeah. to be. Uh, but here we are, Chris. Georgia's five and a half. It's where you opened it. Yeah. It did touch six. Yeah. Uh, total, actually, the total, it's funny how, how you moved all over the place, and you're basically where you opened right now. 55 and a half uh, all the way down to 53 and a half, now back to 55. Uh, this is the one where the market is interesting in comparison. You are the market high at five and a half. Yeah. The rest of the market is mostly five. There is also one four and a half right, right now in town yeah. as well. Well, I told my guys, you know, they, yeah, they'll tell me, hey, look, we're the high. I said, listen, when they bet us, we'll move it. What can I tell you? Right, right now, I think the number's about right. You know, it's funny, though, you know, ever since, well, Felica, and I know Chris is listening right now, but Chris put out that tweet of mine where I said all the, you know, potential point spreads. Since then, I've been, and last I checked, it was 670,000 views. And I mean, and I think almost every one of those 670,000 commented to me about one team or another with their flaws. Um, But every team out here has flaws. You know, you could look at, you know, Bama, incredibly lucky to win last week. Incredibly lucky. Oh, yeah. Georgia, as we just talked about a minute ago, they had that middle of the season. They weren't very good. Struggled against Missouri. Among others, they they were like a, a a good team for the first two months of the season, you know. So every team out here has flaws, and you have to look at each game individually. I think this number's about right. I have no opinion, and I think I made the number five, uh, five or six, either way. So we're we're right there. Like I said, when they bet me, I'll move it. But either way, we go on this team on this game. Uh, I got the eleven and ten working for me, so uh, I'll be fine either way, rooting wise. I'm really torn on the total, and I want to get you guys' opinion because I did sure. make it 50, and that would make this an underplay for me. But that that really um, scares me with these two teams. I did take plus three for the first half with Bama, and that's because you mentioned it, Jeff. Missouri hung in there. They were tied at the half, and then Ole Miss, 21-21 at the half. And even Georgia Tech was yeah. right in there, well, mostly the first quarter. But 
So I think um, Bama's going to stay in this at least for the first half. I I do think the number's right. That six, kind of mad I missed that. But grab three with the first half. What do you guys feel about the total? You, you know, it's it's interesting. By the way, real quick on Georgia. Like, again, they were losing at halftime to South Carolina earlier in the year. We mentioned that. Not a good team. Gamecocks. Auburn. Auburn could have Auburn very easily could have been yeah. to have a win against Georgia, a win against Alabama, and then still had the black the blasting they took at the hands of New Mexico State two <laughs> weeks ago. Hey, sure, college football makes a lot of sense, guys. But uh, you know, Alex, I I don't have any opinion on this total because if you look through Alabama, Georgia in these conference championship games through the years. We've again even going back to that epic game where it was Aaron Murray on the on the on the Georgia side where they were the two best teams in the country that year and Georgia just couldn't get the playoff at the goal line. That was a high scoring game. Uh two years ago the year that Georgia won their first title when Bama smoked them in the SEC title game. That was a higher scoring game as well, especially on the Bama side. Um but if Georgia's going to win this game and cover, I think this is an under game because I think their defense is going to be what carries them through in this game. Carson Beck has been vastly improved since the beginning of the year, but I think Georgia's got to rest on what has gotten them there the last two years, and that's the defense with multiple NFL players, multiple high NFL draft picks on it, and I think that's how, if Georgia covers this game, I would say this is an under game. But if Bama covers this game, anything's in play. Anything's in play with a Bama covers. Well, Alex, I wish I could help you, but I'm not a very good totals guy. So <laughs> you're kind of on your own. I really have no idea. So number sounds about right to me. Right. And so to Jeff's point, in SEC championship games, 12 of the last 14 have gone over. So yeah. that that was very alarming to me. The, the, well. only, the only thing that I, that I will say, because there are a lot – the SEC championship games, you either get these really tightly lined games or you get the monster favorite because one half is always better than the other half. That's usually the way that it broke it breaks down uh, with this conference. Again, you had, you had Alabama-Missouri where Alabama was a huge favorite. Georgia was a huge favorite last year against LSU in, in the conference title game. When Tebow was there, Florida was big favorite. Like, it's, it's an interesting mix for a conference that usually pro- provides us with one of the at worst, one of the three best teams in the country almost every year. These games normally, it's rare that these games are sub seven just because usually it's the best team in one side just is way better than whoever comes out of the other side. Yeah. I got to give you a quick story on this. Please. I can't remember what year it was. Please. But we had one customer of ours, big customer, played a lot with us. Yeah. Came in, and this was a playoff game. And I can't, I wish I could remember the year. And he bet us 400,000 on Alabama. That's was, a big bet. Was this the national title game that they played? Might have been the national yeah. title game. Okay, so that was two he years ago then. 400,000. Yeah. So I got to go down and tell Michael. And, you know, hey, I took this bet, and you never know how that's going to go. And right as I walk in, so Michael, you know, I could usually talk. and But his uh, longtime partner, Frank, Frank could be kind of tough. And just as soon as I walked in there, um, I tell Michael, and as right as I'm telling Michael, I, I tell him we took this bet phone rings it's frank he's got he's on the speaker phone frank chris just took four hundred thousand on alabama and frank just i guess we're rooting for georgia 
<laughs> it's just it was one of those things I'll always remember. And then once Frank says that, what's Michael going to say? Nothing. Yeah, okay. I guess we're rooting for Georgia. Right. And Georgia won that game. I think he did win that game. Yeah. Won that game outright. That yeah. game. In, I can't uh, remember the, what year it was. Yeah, but it, it was, was if, one it, of those if it was the playoff national title yeah. was two years ago in Indianapolis yeah. with Georgia winning. Their first title. Uh, By the way, we're not taking 400000 for anybody that walks to the counter. <laughs> we had a history with this guy. He bet us those kind of things a lot. And, right. you know, wasn't, well, I mean, I don't want to say he wasn't a wise guy. He's been 400000 That's a pretty big bet. But he wasn't like a number mover or anything like that. Just a guy making a bet. Let's uh, let's go to the Sun Belt, guys. I, I will just preface this. I have no opinion on this game at all. Troy hosting Appalachian State. NCAA, thank you for not allowing James Madison. Now you get this game instead of actually <laughs> what would have been a really fun one with the Dukes and Troy. But credit to the, the Mountaineers. Remember, App State is the only one who beat James Madison this yeah. year. They did it in Harrisonburg. Uh, Chris, five-point favorites. Troy at home, 53 the current total. And it has been one-way traffic on the Mountaineers in this one. I got to tell you, I like the favorite in this one. Mm -hmm. My numbers came to seven. I think that they're a really good team. And, uh, you know, you're going through a couple of key numbers, I mean, even though it's only two points off what my numbers came to. But but I like Troy in this one. I think that's, that's a really good program. And I, yeah, listen, let's give Appalachian State some credit, too. They they were an FCS team just a couple of years ago. They've proven to be very competitive on, the, uh, on a level playing field with some of the big boys. But in this particular game, I like Troy. I think, I think they have a very, very good team, solid team. And uh, I think they carry the day here. I think they're a deserved seven-point favorite. I'm with Chris here again. I definitely lean to the favorite. I haven't taken it yet, and I'm glad I didn't because of that movement. And now I can get five. But I like the under, too. I went okay. under 52 and a half. And I think that's really because of Troy's defense, holding teams to 15.5 points a game. Fifth best in the country right behind Iowa. So that says something for them. They have had three straight overs, but that's because of their competition that they faced in the Sun Belt. So... Uh, the they had seven unders before those three, so fifty-two and a half under is my play in that one. I am steering clear. Maybe something in game. I if you made me bet it, I guess I would lay the favorite just because of the way this this line has shifted. Get it under six at home, and as you mentioned, Troy very good on defense. The only team to really move the ball on them this year was Kansas State. That was really the only team in. There's no shame in giving up points to that no, team, especially no, in Manhattan. Absolutely. And when you say um, App State, they kind of had their Super Bowl with James Madison. Yeah, they bit, were yeah. on game day, huge game, got up for that one, upset James Madison. So it might be a little. I read a lot of good things about and I had to look up his name because you know, it's me. Uh, Gunnar Watson is a quarterback for Troy, and I've read a lot of good things about him. And uh, – yeah, I'm looking at his numbers. Well, they're pretty, pretty darn yeah. impressive, you know. And uh, you know, I don't know if he's doesn't sound like he's a first round quarterback, but he's probably dr draftable at some point, and that's pretty good for a Sun Belt quarterback. So a lot of good things about him. But I, I like Troy, and uh, I, like I said, I rate them pretty high, and I thought they deserved to be a seven point favorite here. Let's go to the ACC championship game, probably the most complex game on the board here. Uh, Tate Rodemaker. Is going to be a game time decision, so that's a lot of fun for you there, Chris. Wow, is that right? Yeah, oh, game man. time decision. Jeez, uh, of course, God. suffered, uh, went into concussion protocol oh. after the most obvious targeting late hit you're ever going to see from Florida. As soon as that play started, as soon as he started taking off, and I, I was on Florida in that game, I was like, oh, they're absolutely Same. committing a penalty on this play, and, and they did not fail. Florida did not fail in committing that penalty. <laughs> Uh, Rodemaker, uh, game time decision. So it could be on to the third quarterback here for Florida State. 
Chris, you open five, down to one. Uh, again, Louisville's co- not like Louisville's coming in well either. They're coming off, blowing a second half lead to Kentucky, and more importantly, giving Kentucky 38 points, yeah. which is pretty hard. In I, mean, all I know all the money's on Louisville here, but I'd be very tentative. Now, I don't. <laughs> I don't love either side. It's like you said, I mean, there's a lot of volatility. Uh, I'm going to drop another name here. Another friend, you know, who's been on, well, the old show and has uh-huh. stayed here at the South Point, Stanford Steve, Steve Coughlin. He texted me the other day. He says, well, what do you think about this game? I said, Steve, I don't know what to think because there's no, there's no team going into this weekend that has more volatility in their ratings than Florida State. First of all, let's, let's assume Rodemaker plays and looks like, a division one quarterback worthy of being offered a scholarship and, and playing for Florida state. If he's that good, then this number probably should have been, you know, six or seven, you know, I don't know, but we don't know if he's playing. We don't know really if he's any good or not. Cause like I With said, no clue. these are 18, 19 year old kids. We don't know, you know, um, so I think right now, and I told Steve, I said, I, I don't know what they would be, you know, with a, a healthy, Really good quarterback. I really have no idea, but we'll we'll find out after the game. But I know what the committee's open for, a Louisville out, outright upset to uh, take the pressure off them from putting in a, a damaged uh, Florida State undefeated team. If Rodemaker does not go, it will be the true freshman, Brock Glenn, who we saw for a few snaps last week yeah, in Gainesville. About him. Uh, high-end recruit, of obviously, yeah, Florida always, State, yeah. uh, out of the state of Tennessee. I, I have, I can't do anything on this game. And and the thing is, Alex, like, I don't really like this Louisville team. I think they have been a product of a very weak schedule. <laughs> and when you have a good coach and play a weak schedule, guess what? You rack up those W's. That's what happens in college football. And here they are at 10 and 2. I mean, there are two losses this year. They, they lost they lost the rivalry game last week to Kentucky, where again, they were up double digits in that game yeah. in the second half. I don't half. think that wasn't a big game for them. No, it's a yeah, huge game. It's a monster huge. game, yeah. And and their other loss was they were completely outplayed by a three win pit team. <laughs> completely outplayed by Pitt that day and yeah. lost outright. So yeah. I I don't really like this Louisville team. I mean, all the way down to one, you can't really do anything with this game now, unless if you are know, know a lot about Mr. Glenn and say, Hey, <laughs> he's the guy, we're gonna lay the point with Florida State. No, you are right. And so those are their two losses, but then they have two really good wins. They beat Notre Dame, who was number 10 yep. at the time, 33-20, to 20, and they shut out Duke, who was ranked 20th at the time, 23-0. So they are very inconsistent, but I do think they're, they'll probably get the win here. And um, Chris is right. They, the committee's definitely hoping for that. I like the under, though, because these are two top 20 defenses, yeah. and we have 47. a lot of question marks yeah. Yeah. at the quarterback position. I think Florida State will be... Cautious, run the ball more, protect the ball, not do a whole lot with either quarterback that they have in. And we we know Louisville, they run as well. So I I can't. I just I I wish I knew anything more than than just what Brock Glenn did early in, in his high school career. Because if I had any idea that, <laughs> hey, this kid is gonna be half decent, I'd lay it with Florida, I'd lay the short money line with Florida State, lay the point. Because uh, they're more talented. There's no they, arguing. Oh, I, mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, on the outside, I, they're two wide receivers. I mean, Keon Coleman's amazing. They have great wide receivers on yeah. the outside. They have an NFL talent-laden defense. But if your quarterback plays that bad, and you mentioned it, 
I, to Louisville's credit, when they had played well, mm-hmm. they made Sam Hartman look terrible in that game earlier in the year. Uh, it was Leonard for a little bit in that game against Duke. Uh, shut him out. The game was never even competitive. So that defense has had spurts of being really, really good at a high level against good quarterback play. And then they've had what they had last week where they gave 38 points to Kentucky who couldn't even move the ball the last two weeks. I'm going to be very torn here at kickoff because I, for the future of the sport and what I'm looking at as a bookmaker and everything else, I want Louisville to win this game and get Florida out of the mix, Florida State out of the mix. But as it is right now, I need Florida State big you know, because I opened it whatever I open, but all the money's been on Louisville right now. So, I mean, I, do I root for my money? Do I root for a better playoff? I don't know what to do, but, you know, obviously they'll kick off and whatever happens, all, happens. All I'll tell you is if Florida State does make the playoff, whoever they draw, be ready to move that number quickly on the favorite because oh. they are going to lay it and they are going to lay it quickly yeah, it'll be double on digits. the favorite. It'll it'll be it doesn't double, matter who yeah. it is. I imagine it'd be Georgia and Florida State in the Sugar Bowl would be my guess. And Chris, I don't know if you can make that number high enough with the uh, quarterback well, situation of Florida. So would you State. take a hundred? No, I yeah, you know, okay. and I I, I yeah. walked into okay. that one. Yeah, you did. You I walked, walked into, into that. that. Yeah. Know, but I... here's the thing, though. Yeah. If I'd said that the year with LSU and in Oklahoma, you could have given me. I could have laid fifty, and I still would have been okay in that game uh, with Joe Burrow and coming yeah. that year. Uh, and I would have been okay with fifty last year with the Georgia against TCU. Right, you would have been. Yeah, that's right. Been okay with fifty. All right, but my I, job is still to find that number between pick them and a hundred. All right, so, yeah. so you know what? It's, I'm happy I brought up. I'm happy you brought up a hundred because there won't be a hundred points in this game. There might not even be ten. Uh, no, there will be more than ten. Michigan, Iowa. Here we go. Big tw- Big Ten title game. These two teams played in this game two years ago. Michigan smoked them in uh, in Indianapolis. Chris, you're at twenty two. It's thirty five and a half. Which, by the way, is the market high on the yeah. total right now. Yeah. I I'll just be quick with my opinion on this game. I think Michigan's going to absolutely destroy them, and all this nonsense with stallions and and. My, I hate to put the tinfoil hat on, but I'm going to for a second. I'm convinced that the only reason we know about this whole craziness in Michigan is because Ohio State lost in them in the last two years, and Ohio State was looking for anything they could have pointed towards Mich- that game not being kosher. That's the only thing I could have seen, Chris. Oh, the guy's and, trying to save his job. No, 100%. And then, of course, the funniest thing happens where Harbaugh's not even in the game. There's clearly no sign stealing, and Michigan beats him anyway this year. Um <laughs> But, you know, Chris, I, I just think that it opened up a whole can of worms for the positive for the Michigan program. I know that sounds weird, mm-hmm. but they have taken that and they have motivated that team so perfectly. Um, everyone against us. No one believes in us. They think we're cheaters. All that stuff. And Iowa can't score. And the only opponent that was close to Michigan this year that Iowa played was Penn State. And that game was 31 nothing, and that was before Deacon Hill was playing quarterback either for Iowa. I think this is a route, and I wouldn't be shocked that Michigan goes over the total by themselves, and Iowa doesn't even score, and we still get there on the total on the over. Well, I made the number 27, so oh. I'm with you. <laughs> Yeah, what boy. twenty? What you make it twenty seven with with uh with 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 what on the to, on the total then? Twenty nine and a half. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> well, I'm not a totals guy. I've already told you that. So, uh, 
<laughs> I mean, I don't know. Do they score in this game? I well, mean, so, you know. So are you putting? Do you put team totals up for for these? I don't put games? up for the halves, but I put up for the game. So what, what is Iowa's team six, total? Six for and a half. Six and a half. So and I might be six and a half under. I well, so I'll just bring Alex and I discussed this earlier in the week, and I know Frank brought it up as well. There are other books out there that have yeah. first half and full ga- and and second half totals. One book legitimately had <laughs> Iowa's team total for the first half a half. With the juice on the under in the first half. And you didn't pound the over, I take it, right? I, I can tell you I did not I did no, not okay. even consider betting the yeah, over. I wouldn't blame point. you. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't blame you. You know, I, I do put team totals for first and second half uh, on the uh, NFL the night. Right, of course, yeah. yeah. But, I, I you know, I maybe should have done it for these. But, I mean, we put two team totals for the game. You know, and they're six, I think six and a half under. <laughs> you know, so, I don't know. I don't think they get in the end zone. Listen, they might make it to the 40 and kick a long field goal, you know, or, or, and maybe even twice, but I wouldn't go any further than that. But I did, I made the game 27. I think Michigan, you know, I mean, I, I'd call that a blasting. Yeah. I didn't do anything here, but I do think you're right. And I do think that that has given Michigan a lot of motivation. Did you lay the 22? Oh yeah. Okay. I, 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 uh, I actually laid 21 and a half. Okay. I, I, I grabbed the better the number. I, I, I mean, there's no difference between 21 and 22. And there's no difference between 21 and a half and 22. Uh, fine at 22. I, again, I if Iowa scores in this game, if Iowa scores three, this game's going over. I, I mean, that's only <laughs> like if Iowa if Iowa gets a field goal, a field goal by accident here. Let's say Michigan turns it over and Iowa gets the ball to Michigan ten, and they go three and out and kick a field goal. This game's going over. Like that's all. Like I feel really good. That Iowa is go- Iowa gets three. We're we're is a cakewalk. I don't even have to watch. We're like, all right, Michigan get their 35, 35 three. We're good. I don't even have to sweat. We're good. Uh, but no, in all in all seriousness, though, in Iowa, like the fact that that team won ten games, unbelievable. It, 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 there's a few ways to look at it. A, what you just said, unbelievable to the positive. That they have no semblance of an offense and still won ten games, and quite frankly, should have been eleven and one because one of those losses was that loss to Minnesota on that ridiculous <laughs> fake fair catch that I don't think oh, they should yeah. have called. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, on the punt return, um, and then the other way to look at it is how bad was the Big Ten West that they allowed this to happen? <laughs> this team that has no offense won double digit games. And Teams like Nebraska fin- and Northwestern, Northwestern is going to be in a bowl game. Yes, Northwestern seven and five. Well, I don't know if that guy's coach of the year, but he's got to he be was right in up the Big there. Ten. They gave him it. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, there are a lot um, of good coach of the year candidates. This yeah. Year. yeah. Jeez. Oh man. I, you know what? You, I mean, I expected. I thought Nebraska would be greatly improved this year. I thought Wisconsin. I went on. It might have been your show. I said early on in the year, if you're looking for a sleeper for a national championship, try Wisconsin because the Big Ten West is. You know, pretty, pretty. You know, I guess down. I would say, but they had a chance to maybe be in this play in a playoff game. But they were terrible. Everybody was terrible. I mean, how can they let? How can they let this kind of team make it to the Big Ten championship? So, but here they are. But like, I like a fan. But by the way, I'm going to shout out any any uh, Reno listeners. I spent almost 30 years in Reno. One of my good good friends who's no longer with us anymore, but Paul Sonner, who owned Bullies uh, Sports Bars all throughout Reno. His favorite thing was to bet favorite and under. Big favorite and under. He says, because some of these favorites are just going to shut out that other team. And this is, and I texted a couple of my buddies. I said, I could see Paul betting this one, favorite and under. 
and thinking it's going to come 30 nothing Michigan. I can see him doing that. And you know what? He not might, impossible. He might be right. Not, not yeah, impossible. I, right. I look, 31 nothing Michigan yeah. squarely in play here. I, I think. Wouldn't shock me. Yeah. Also, too, Chris, 31-2 would get it done as well. Uh, that would get it done to well, the you're under. You're bringing back memories of that 6-4 to four victory <laughs> over Penn State. <laughs> oh, man. I, I will say, of all the – obviously, if Iowa pulls the upset over Michigan, oh. Oh, boy, then the committee's got their work even oh, further. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, for them if that happens. But there's just, very few things in this world I say is impossible, but that's a pretty ruin. darn close. That's pretty darn close. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. When we get back, we're going to the NFL, and, oh, man, there are, some, there are some ugly ones in the NFL this week. But Joe Flacco's starting this week. You have to be excited about that and much more when we get back. Sports by the Book, our number two coming your way next. South Point is also proud to provide a variety of relaxing amenities for the guests who want to be pampered. Soak up the sun and let your stress melt away in our lagoon-style paradise swimming pool. A relaxing getaway where you can bask in the desert sun and enjoy seasonal food and bar service poolside. And if you really want to escape, come to Spa Costa del Sur. From couple suites to a co-ed wet area, our spa caters to business and leisure travelers who want to unwind and elevate their senses. A visit to one of our spa's steam, sauna, or whirlpool treatment rooms will leave any guest feeling like they can take on the world. Our gaming amenities include over 60 table games and over 2,600 of the most popular slot and video poker machines. We have penny slots, including the popular Buffalo games and real machines like Wheel of Fortune, Triple Sevens, and Megabucks. If you prefer video poker, try Deuces Wild, Double Double Bonus, or a variety of multi-denomination games. Or try your hand at one of the most popular casino table games in the world, Blackjack. Don't let the game intimidate you. Blackjack, also known as 21, is both easy and fun. And our dealers are always happy to assist. And the best part, Blackjack always pays three to two. Next, check out the roulette tables. Roulette is one of the easiest casino games to learn and so much fun to play. It's a favorite of both beginners and seasoned players. In addition to Blackjack and Roulette, our casino pit features over 60 popular table games like Makara, Pie Gow Poker, Three Card Poker, Ultimate Texas Hold'em, and Mississippi Stud. So get out of your room and come join in the fun. Get those trees up, get them decorated, like behind us here at the South Point yeah. Sportsbook. Every sport uh, you can imagine on that tree right now. I'm Jeff Parles. Happy to be with you as always. It is Sports by the Book Football Friday. Alex White on the far side of the desk. Chris Andrews, Sportsbook Director, with us as well. Chris, uh, another Chris. Another good, Chris. Good friend of ours, uh, Chris Felica, the Bear. We had him on the show a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of notes on... Uh, on Mr. Glenn, Brock Glenn, who yeah. could very easily be making the start for yeah. Florida State tomorrow in the ACC title game. Yeah, besides being a good friend, the Bears connected to college football as anybody in the country. Mm -hmm. uh, and he just texted me, said the third stringer for Florida State would probably be second string right now. 
if he didn't break his finger earlier in the year. They don't think there would be any drop-off if Glenn has to play. So take that into account. I got to tell you, I thought Rodemaker looked pretty good. Um, but again, looking pretty good and you know, pretty decent big game against Florida and then looking good in the championship conference championship game might be two different things. So uh, going with the Bear, and uh, Chris, thank you for uh, texting that to us. So uh, we appreciate the information and glad to pass that along. Uh, listen, if that's being said, I, I kind of like Florida State in this game. Again, I, I, I don't like either of these teams. Yeah, I'm not crazy about I, it. I know Florida State is a win away from being the college football player. By the way, those luck rankings I was telling you about, Florida State was fifth luckiest in, in, in the nation oh, this year. Is that right? So, uh, again, no Oklahoma State because Oklahoma yeah. State, again, whenever you're, almost, you're over your four, four wins more than your expected win win rate. Yeah, because it's not like you're expected zero in those right, games. Correct. It's 50-50. Correct, exactly, games. exactly. 4.2 more wins for Oklahoma State this year than what their post-game win expectancy was, which is, I mean, that is bananas. I yeah. mean, that's almost Minnesota Vikings of last year. Oh, man. Uh, uh, expectations. see what happened to them this year. Yeah, again, poor Kirk Cousins. Uh, and uh, poor by survivor entry. Sorry, oh. now we'll pour one out yet again. See? On that one. All right, let's not go to the NFL. Oh, what a place to start. <laughs> Billy Zappi, let's go. Get going. Here against the L.A. Chargers Patriots. You know it's bad, Chris, when the New England Patriots, okay, can't even beat the undrafted rookie quarterback on the other side. And not only that, he only scored seven points in that game. Yeah. Mac Jones, and Mac Jones was the worst quarterback on the field in that game. Ooh. And that's saying something. Yeah, that's saying something. So, Chris, the Chargers are going the wrong way. Last Sunday night was the perfect Charger game. It was the perfect Charger game. Their defense played great. Baltimore did next to nothing on offense. And the Chargers just found a way to lose the game because they kept turning the ball over. And that 18-play drive ended up with a fumble. It was classic Chargers, and even more so if you had the Chargers plus three and a half. You knew that Baltimore was scoring once Dave Flowers broke through and he wasn't Mm -hmm. sliding down. You knew you were losing that as soon as that happened. Chris, you opened six on this game, which is a lot of points on the road with this Charger. Yeah. Uh, quickly down to, f- to five. And or then, the five and a half first. Yeah, five and a half then first, five. then to five. Yeah. And then you've been toggling these last few days between well, five and four, four and a half. half. I got to tell you, uh, one of my absolute sharpest guys, and I made the game. I'm just checking. I think I made the game six. I did. So it's not like I thought it was a number play. Just I saw, Listen, I have eyes. I saw what. New England looked like last week. But I kind of know what the Chargers are, too. But I still made the game six. One of my absolute sharpest guys. And I always say, I can't beat this rat. You know? Anyway, he's made a pretty big bet on New England. And uh, I'm trying to stay under the market no matter where it is. And you know what, Jeff? I can get barely a bite on the Chargers, even though I've been consistently half a point under the market. So, like I said, this guy's been beating my brains in the last couple of weeks. And, uh, I'm ready for him to beat me one more time with uh, with New England. But, boy, you look at this. I mean, this is this is a bad game. I mean, if the oh, Chargers yeah. could get healthy against anybody, and I know Bill Belichick and all that, boy, he, you know, whatever magic he's had has certainly been lost in the last well, year and a half at least. Uh, but I don't know if the Chargers have it in them to beat this team. I certainly hope they do because, like I said, I'm, I'm on the line here for a pretty uh, nice-sized whack. I, Go ahead, Alex. I do have to ask you – isn't there support for the Patriots every week still with how the lines move? You know, one thing I've noticed over the years, 
and and I mean, like I said, I've been doing this a long, long time. The wise guy, the sharpest of the wisest, defense takes precedent over everything else. That they start with defense. Now mm -hmm. they may go from there, but it starts with defense. Yeah, totals forty. That's pretty low total in the NFL. And uh, listen, even though we we've seen New England offensively, their defense isn't that bad. So I think, like I said, just a, painting with a very broad brush. The wise guys generally look at defense first before anything else. But, you know, that, that's not, I wouldn't put that in concrete or anything like that, but that's just an observation. That makes sense. That's where I went with this. I did go under 40 and a half here mm -hmm. because of the lack of offensive protection from the Patriots. And their defense has been pretty good. So they've had five offensive touchdowns in their last four games, the Patriots, and averaging 13.5 points, 10 in their last three, and then they managed to score three against Tommy DeVito and the Giants. So if we can keep that trend going. Jeff, I hate to say I told you so, but last week, Chargers, I was like, I learned my lesson a long time ago. I'm not oh, betting I, look, Chargers. Look, that's the last time I bet on them this year. I just can't do it. I, whatever. They are what they are. I will say, though, there, I don't think there's a much more perfect way for Brandon Staley to go out. If they lose this game to Bailey Zappi in New England as a road favorite, to fall to 4-8 and eight with a team that, I argue, they, we, it's always been the thing with the Chargers. We know they're loaded with talent. Yes. We, we know this. We know that. We they know have been since, yeah. since Schottenheimer. I, I, mean, I mean, look, it, we, we, for 20 years, this has been what they are. They are an immensely talented team that manages to get as little as humanly possible out of that talent. So I, it would not shock I didn't bet this game. It would not shock me one bit if New England wins this game outright. Would not shock me one bit. If you made me bet it, I'd bet it the way Alex did. I think this feels like an under game. The Chargers defense actually actually has played all right the last few weeks. Yeah. Hasn't been their fault the last few games. Um, but uh, New England, boy, it is it is really unfathomable that the Patriots look as bad as they have. But it's, it's the end of the road. This is it. And also, too, Belichick's going to be coaching his Charger team next year. Let's be honest with ourselves. <laughs> like, he's going to be coaching that team next year. You think so? Absolutely. Wow. You yeah. got that uh, glass onion there where you're looking I, at that I, crystal I, ball. It, it makes too much sense. Okay. They have the quarterback. They, they need do. help defensively. Yeah. He gets to live in L.A. Doesn't okay. have to deal with those cold winters anymore in okay. New England. What's he going to do with that hood? Well, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Remember, once once you move to a, a warmer climate like here or California, once it hits 55 degrees, it's cold again. Oh, so, freezing. Yeah. yeah I mean, kidding? that's that's, that's all I, I, Two comments, though, I, I want to make on this game. Please. <laughs> First of all, I, I thought that Moore was really going to help uh, Herbert this yeah. year and really move him up. And I think Herbert's been okay. He's been fine. Yeah, he's been okay, but they still manage to find ways to lose. I thought O'Brien was really going to help uh, uh, Jones, this Mac Jones. I, I, but, you know, neither, well, I wouldn't say that about Moore. I thought Kellen Moore did pretty good with, with, with Herbert. But, you know, I just think Jones doesn't have it. I, I, he, think, I think Matt Patricia just damaged him so much last year because he was, with, and again, we know McDaniels can't be a head coach in this league. We know that. Yeah. But Matt Jones was a pro bowler his rookie year. Yeah. Like, he looked legitimately good for a good chunk of that rookie year. And he's regressed to the point where I'm not even sure I'd take him over Zach Wilson. That's I'm not how, sure he's going to be on a roster yeah, next year. That's for both of those guys, in all yeah. honesty, Jones and Wilson. I mean, it's crazy how far Mac Jones has crumbled yeah. in just two but, short so, seasons. I mean, I, I, listen, I, I, I followed O'Brien nationally when he was at Penn State. He made 
Hackenberg, a, a second round draft choice. Another great one, New York Jets. Well, well done there. <laughs> well done. I didn't mean to rub salt. Oh, he was okay. my quarterback too, though, Jeff. Oh, you know, God, at Penn he's State. So bad. So anyway, but he made Hackenberg look like a pretty good quarterback. Yeah, he looked you like know? a good college And then you know, let's not forget Watson thrived under well, on, under O'Brien well, in not, Houston. Well, not only that, he made Matt McGloin into an NFL. He quarterback. made Matt McGloin into a Matt quarterback. Matt McGloin played NFL games. The guy had a. Yeah, he had like a four-year career. Yeah, I think he's coaching someone now. Yeah, he's coaching yeah. for someone now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, so I mean, I thought he could really. Listen, I think I think it just comes down to Mac Jones doesn't have it. It's more than possible. It's just you know, it's early in. I think Bart Scott on uh, Get Up used to call him Mac and Cheese. <laughs> you know, they told he said in the beginning this he doesn't have any arm strength, and almost every quarterback that gets drafted in the NFL has arm strength. Now there's some that are better than others, of course, but you know, he said in the beginning, this kid just has no arm strength, but it's kind of looks like it's come to fruition. Let's uh, move on to the next one. New Orleans hosting Detroit. Uh, you guys have the market high on this game with the lions laying four and a half, by the way, uh, I mentioned this the other day, the Detroit lions still with more wins in the 2023 calendar year than the Detroit Pistons. Not good. They Pistons, actually they covered. They almost, they almost won yesterday at Square Garden, but yeah. uh, the uh, the Detroit Pistons had less wins in the month of November than the Texas Rangers. Texas Rangers had one, <laughs> so uh, not a good month for Detroit. Man, you're, you, you got a lot of facts. Uh, uh, I, I, up Detroit, in there, Twitter was you? having a ball with that yeah. last night with the Pistons. That's why I got them all. Uh, Chris, four and a half market high on Detroit. It's mostly four now. Uh, Forty-seven. I'll say this. I'm very worried about Detroit's defense because this is now a few weeks running now where they've been unable to get pressure, and boy, that secondary's just gotten destroyed when quarterbacks have had time against them. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't I made this game three and a half, so okay. I don't really like anybody in the game, but I got bet up to four and a half. I mean, I'm just following the action. Uh, I didn't particularly like and I'm looking around, yeah, I am at the market high, but that's strictly with money. You know, and it's public money. So uh, we talked about the public doesn't always lose. Uh, I kind of hope they lose this one because it's been public money that's moved me up to four and a half. Uh, but I'm waiting for some play on New Orleans, and I haven't gotten it yet. So we'll see what happens. But the, I don't particularly like the lines. I'm just I'm just moving the direction with my money. And um, the Saints are pretty banged up both sides of the ball. I don't know mm -hmm. if we've heard about Chris Olave yet, if he is going to play. But I, what Jeff alluded to, I like the over in this. I haven't played it yet. I'm going to look deeper into if I'm going to go over in the first half or over in the full game, but the Lions defense, they have been struggling. And while the Saints have been struggling offensively because uh, they were in the red zone five times last week against Atlanta and did not score once, um, the Lions red zone defense is not great. So I think Derek Carr will find some success there. And we know that uh, the Lions can score as well. Their offense has been pretty Ola good. Olave was a full participant today. Hasn't okay. cleared protocol yet, but he that usually when it's a full participant on Friday, you're probably getting cleared yeah. on Saturday morning uh, for for that one. Uh, I gotta I gotta find this real quick because if you want so if you want an an incriminating Derek Carr mm. stat, I I have it. I just have to find it real quick. Uh, where did it go? Uh, regardless, so oh there we go. Since 2000, here you go. The New Orleans Saints. Uh, are the only team that have 17 consecutive seasons where they're converting more than half of their red zone drives into touchdowns. That was 2006 through 2022, coinciding with Drew Brees and Sean yeah. Payton going yeah. to New Orleans. Makes sense. 
This year, they're fourth worst in the NFL, 42 and a half. That is a Derek yeah, right? Carr stat if I've ever yeah. heard one. And I just keep watching that team. Alex and I were in here watching that game with close eyes last week. I had the miracle Falcon first quarter yeah, bet. Thank you, pick six. Uh, coming back the other way in my favor on that one. But I just don't understand why that team can. I know they paid him a lot of money. But Jameis Winston is better than Derek Carr. I don't think there's. I know Jameis has his flaws. He's a turnover machine. That 30-30 season in 2019 is never going to be replicated by anyone in all likelihood. But James Winston's better and gives him a better chance to win than Derek Carr at this point in his career. I just don't think – I think you mentioned it with Mac Jones that he just doesn't have it. I don't think Carr has it anymore. Yeah, who's the coach? Allen? Dennis Allen. I don't think he has it either. Oh, I don't think he's ever had it. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think he has it either. So, know, so uh, To the point with Derek Carr, too, that we've been talking about how teams play for their quarterback and connect with them and like them, right? Like Tommy DeVito. The Giants decided, hey, we're going to we're gonna back this guy. <laughs> we're going to win some games. I Derek Carr just hasn't ever really had that, has he? I mean, he, of course, he had for, for a short period of time with the Raiders. I would say yeah. he has, but but I mean, look, I mean, they, they scapegoated him last year, which look, he was part of the issue, but pretty obvious who the yeah. main issue yes. was with the Raiders last you do have year. To say that. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, it's it, it's not a it, it, it's a valid point for for Carr on, on that for sure. All right, we want an F quarterback play. Boy, I got it in this next game. The Falcons are road favorites at the New York Jets. Desmond Ritter, Tim Boyle. Oh, boy. What a game. Lowest total on the board at 33 and a half, Chris. Uh, I, I, I'll get my piece out of the way here. It is embarrassing that the Jets are starting Tim Boyle again this week. They should be starting Trevor Simeon, who yeah. at this point, you have to ask the question. Where Trevor Simeon's been on this roster for nine weeks now, and the Jets have continually trotted out two guys who are not NFL quarterbacks in Wilson and Boyle. Begs the question, how washed is Trevor Simeon at this point? Um, with that said in this game, Chris, when it was at three, I thought it was a reasonable take on the Jets. Mm -hmm. I just don't think Atlanta should be a field goal against basically anyone other than Carolina on the road at this point. And this game is going to feature turnovers. Whoever turns the ball over deeper in the other team's territory that's the team that's going to end up losing, who gives up points off of their turnovers in this one. I think it's a close game. I think the total's right, though, that ridiculously low. Well, this is the one trend, and I, you know, trends drive me crazy. Sure. Yeah, but this is the one trend I follow. You go from a home dog to a road, road favorite. And I always say, you know, games are decided on the field, but prices are decided elsewhere. And right now, and I'm at two and a half. I'm at the market high, actually, because I got a lot of money on Atlanta, and that's why I went to three earlier in the week. So I got a lot of money on Atlanta. Now, by the way, that's that trend that I gave. It's not 100%, It's not, but it's in the 60s, which is a pretty good trend. Uh, but I think you got to like the Jets here just on that one simple trend right there. I, how can Atlanta be a road favorite? I mean, they just don't deserve to be a road favorite. And I mean, nothing... <laughs> You know, my numbers come to two, Atlanta mm -hmm. two. But again, I, I wrote down on my sheet, home dog to a road favorite. That's a bet against. And uh, just on that principle, like I said, I think that price got overinflated by a lot of people, including me, making them uh, the favorite this week. So I think, that, you know, get the Jets on a decent money line or, you know, two and a half. I mean, total's 33. That game could land one or two. Final score, 9-6, Alex. <laughs> hey, I'm looking at under in the first half, but... I did see 16 and a half here. I'm going to check other places and see if, if there's any 17s out there because both of these teams in the first half 
Atlanta averaging eight points. That's 26th in the league, and the Jets averaging 6.9. They also have very good defenses. We know this about both of them, especially Atlanta isn't known as much for their defense, but it's really their red zone defense that's good. So they allow teams to get to that 20 mark, and then they really hold them their third best in red zone defense. Um, Field goals, maybe, going over in a prop like that between uh, these two teams, or maybe on... Well, Youngway Koo, I, I forget which I forget which book it was. I want to I want to say it was MGM. Youngway Koo over one and a half field goals this week is the most bet prop for Sunday's game. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Wow. As I of this not moment, even see that. yeah, I could see that as well. Also, the Jets have seventy percent of their points off of field goals this year, which is pro. There are a lot of pathetic Jet yeah. offensive stats. I think that one takes the cake. Wow. <laughs> right wow. now, with seventy percent of their points coming off field goals. Alex, so far just to year. let you know, I see one seventeen in the market. Okay. Unders minus a dollar forty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> So how much juice you feel like laying for that half a wow. I don't know. Uh, let's go to your Steelers next. Okay. Uh, this really actually sets up really nice for Pittsburgh. A legitimate stretch here where you come back home. The Steelers come back home after that win. Finally, they did it. Canada gets fired 400 yards. Whoa, we did it. We did it if we're the Steelers. Somehow only scored 16 in that I game. I know, yeah. It's oh, yin and yang. Which was, yeah, well, was the bare bad, minimum. Yeah. The 16 was the bare minimum they yeah. could have scored in that game, and they managed to. But they won. They got the division road win. Uh, now they go home, and they play two of the three worst teams in the NFL back-to-back. Yeah. They play Arizona this week. They get New England on a short week next week. Chris, you're up to six and a half. There is a bunch of Pittsburgh action earlier in the day today mm-hmm. to bop this from five and a half to six up to six and a half. Total 41. Chris, all I'm going to tell you is I have absolutely no interest in laying that many points with Pittsburgh against anyone. I agree with you. <laughs> but I, but I, I couldn't take the dog in this one. But I, I would tell you what. I agree with that. It, you, know, it, you know, when the money line is, is is reasonable, let me see what I'm running it here. I'm running it 280. Uh, you know, I got money on the dog. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think this should be at least three dollars. I gotta say, I I don't see the Steelers losing this game at home. Now, when they cover the six and a half, you'll probably be life and death if you lay that <laughs> six and a half when it's sitting at ten seven in the fourth quarter. Uh, but I, I, you know, I kind of like the Steelers to win. I don't know if I like them with the number. I, you know, gun to my head, I'd probably lay the six and a half. But uh, you know, Jeff, like you said, it's, it's tough laying a big number with this team. But you know what? Even though they only scored sixteen points last week. You know, they did look better. They had a little bit of a bounce in their step. Uh, I think Pickett, and I've never been a huge Pickett fan, even coming out of college, but I think right now looked good last week. he looked pretty good. Let's see how he does with a new offensive coordinator. Just the whole team seems better connected. And uh, they, like I said, they threw the ball down the field. They threw the ball there at tight ends. It's like yep. Canada forgot about tight ends. Yeah. You know, that's like the big trend in the last 10 years in the NFL, and Canada completely forgot about it. Um, I don't know. So I kind of like the Steelers in this one. Be very careful laying the points. If you really are desperate, I would lay uh, 280 on the money line. And by the way, laying 280 on the money line is probably better than having it in a six-point teaser because that's about with your what you're laying. And then you got to, of course, hook it up to another team. Right. So I did lay five and a half with the Steelers. Just half a unit play early in the week. Um, it Great in-game, though, because if Arizona... Well, you, goes you, up. you and I were talking about this last. Uh, I don't remember if we were talking about this on Monday or we were talking about it off the air on Sunday. Arizona's really bad in the second half. They are actually dead last yeah. second half points, averaging six a game yeah. and so, two point five on the road. So, so they've been dreadful in second halves of games. This is one of those where if this game's tied at halftime, 
I agree with you. I would yeah. look to maybe lay, I mean, it'll probably be three and a half at halftime if it's a tie game, more likely mm-hmm. than not. I'd rather right. try to find a three, but knowing how you know, that game landing three makes a lot of sense and everyone's going to want to lay the favorite if that game's tied at halftime. So, uh, but yeah, if you can get Pittsburgh less than a field goal at yeah. some point in this game, yeah, I'd consider, do- or field goal or less, yeah, I'd consider doing that on an in-game scenario. But pre-flop, no thank you. Uh, Survivor, though, if you're in Survivor Pools, that game and the one we're about to get to here, I think, are your two best bets this week. Uh, and that's Tampa Bay taking on Carolina next. Oh, boy, I can't believe how bad the Panthers are. I I, I, I knew they weren't going to be that good going into the year. But the fact that Frank Reich got fired, the fact that it feels like at this point that Tepper is going out of his way to say, hey, we had a trade in place for number two to get C.J. Stroud not number one to get Bryce Young, and then, of course, backtracking like, yeah, we all are in agreement on the pick. Um, it is a disaster there. It is an epic disaster there with the Panthers, and I don't think it's a quick fix because you can't fire the owner, Chris. We know that old trick. <laughs> um, you guys are market low on this game, though. Tampa at five. It's mostly five and a half in the market, uh, 36 and a half the total. I, I, man, I don't like laying points with teams that I don't think are any good, but I don't mind laying it with Tampa, and I know it's against what the market has done, but I just think Carolina, I don't think there's a bop this week from the coach getting fired. I just think it's such a dysfunctional mess down there that it's going to be a long month to get to the end of the year for the Panthers. Two things I want to say about this game. First of all, Frank Wright got fired and was effusive in his compliments towards Tepper. He's getting the full amount of his contract. It's like oh, yeah. 30-some million. He's still getting paid by the Colts. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good I mean, gig, right? He has gotten this week's uh, Jimbo Fisher Award for, <laughs> <laughs> for doing nothing and making $50 million. That's Pretty good. about what he's going to make. And I think he's free to take another job. Yeah, uh, yeah definitely. <laughs> Michael gone. you paying attention? <laughs> I'd love to get that contract. I'd still would stick with you, Michael, for $30 million. I promise you I wouldn't go anywhere. The other thing, you know, I spent a couple of years in finance. Sure. Uh, and when the market would be dropping, whether it be overall market or, you know, on a particular stock, and then all of a sudden it would bounce back up. We called it the dead cat bounce. I see a dead cat bounce this week out of Carolina. Okay. You know, I, I would be – now, again, am I running to the window? No. No. <laughs> but I'm recommending – because we still have Tampa alive in our survivor, and I'm telling them don't play Tampa. I mean, I'm just afraid of Carolina. You know, and again, I, you know, every game is different. But we saw what happened with the Raiders. Sure. When they got rid of uh, what's his name with McDaniel. With McDaniel, we saw what happened with the Steelers when they got rid of Canada. You know, I, I, you know, the teams are basically the same, but the teams just have a little different step, bouncing their step. We're we going to get that out of Carolina this week. I don't know, because they seem to like Frank Reich. I mean, he did not do a good job here, but I think uh, it really was upper management's fault, and I think a lot of the players probably understand that. You know, So I'm looking for a dead cat bounce out of Carolina. I don't know if they can win this game, but I have a feeling on this team that uh, they're just going to play a little bit better this week. So I would steer clear of that one. No strong opinion, but... I do have to agree with you. I don't think they disliked him that much. It wasn't like the Josh McDaniels with the Raiders where you could clearly see that they wanted him out of that building and then they were playing for themselves. So I don't know how much we're going to get from the Panthers here because they've just struggled offensively 
the entire season. And Tampa Bay really needs this game. I mean, they've lost six of their last seven. But the last five, they've done better. They've covered in four of the seven, so they've hung in there. I think it's I think it's a game Tampa needs and, and will get. So a little different there, but I'm not running to the window to lay the points with this Buccaneers team either. Yeah, Tampa's in a stretch here where they're, they're going to be an underdog against Jacksonville at home. Yeah. Uh, they'll be an underdog in Green Bay as well. Mm-hmm. And they'll be an underdog next week against Atlanta. But I just mentioned two games that they could very easily win. If they went to Lambeau and beat the Packers, wouldn't shock anyone. No, they went to Atlanta next week and beat the Falcons, wouldn't shock anyone. No. So they're still, they're four and seven. They're not any good. They're still alive in that horrible in that, division. Yeah, in that division, uh, Which, sure. uh, again, Atlanta leads going into the weekend with a negative 19-point differential and a five and six record, thanks to their win last week against New Orleans. All right, let's go to Indy and Tennessee next. Colts are one on the road against the Titans. Tennessee has not lost a, a true home game yet this year. Their only loss uh, was in at on a, in a technical home game was the London game against Baltimore, but we know that's a neutral yeah. site. Uh, he opened Indy 2, down to 1, uh, 43 to total here. I, 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 Indy's in the playoffs right now if they started yeah. today, which is pretty amazing for what yeah. that team looked like going into the year. The fact that Anthony Richardson only completed one game this year as well, got injured in the, in, in the third one, in, in the fourth one, I should say, his third start. Uh, but this kind of feels like a good spot to go against them. On the road, in division against a team that has played very well in their own building, and Levis will be a lot more comfortable in Nashville as opposed to if this game was in Indianapolis. I think I have the Titans rated higher than a lot of the market. Okay. Now, I made this game uh, the Colts a half, uh, which – Essentially, his pick, or yeah. you know, one, okay. Well, not I'm for right whoever it was it. that bought that half point, right, Chris? Oh yeah, my <laughs> Flash. He's not with us anymore. But Flash, if you're up there listening, we we mention you as often as we can. That's, my, that, that's one of my one of my oh. three favorite stories of yours ever. It, it, it's it, so it, good. It, it's so <laughs> incredible. You can't even believe, but I was there to see that it actually happened. Uh, anyway. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm with you. I, I don't give a lot for home field advantage anymore. Although I, I tell you the truth, I got to start reevaluating because I think home field is coming into play a lot, mostly. And I'm going to credit my friend Jeff Fogel who pointed this out. We have so many young quarterbacks in the league right now that are called on without that much experience, whether it's in college or in the pros, and they're called on to start. That the home field probably means a little something because of that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Levis is probably, uh, you know, as true as anybody to that. I mean, he's not hugely experienced in college, a little bit, but he hasn't been experienced much in the pros. So I give Tennessee a pretty solid home field advantage. So my numbers come to either, you know, like I said, a half. So pick or one. So no real opinion as far as the number goes. But I do kind of like Tennessee in this spot. I think it's a good spot for, for the home teams to pull out a win against, you know, really what's a very mediocre Colts team, even though at this point in time they are in the playoffs. And no Jonathan Taylor in this one, correct? Right. right. And so great points, Chris. Now I have to write down some notes because I haven't been giving a lot of home field and rookie quarterbacks, and especially Tennessee, how they have been playing. Their huge point difference, 24.8 at home compared to just 12.3 on average on the road. I went over 41 in this one. Um, it's kind of been... Colts games over for oh, me yeah. a got lot. A good number. Yeah. So I think we're going to see scoring from both these teams. I do like what they're doing with Minshew. And then I'm at the, Will Levis will 
do better at home as well. Yeah, credit to my friend Jeff Fogel. He pointed that's, that out. And Jeff makes Jeff's a lot a of really sense. smart kid. He re- kid, he's 67. <laughs> 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 you pulled a Jimmy right there. I pulled a Jimmy. But I you know, my wife gets on me all the time. She goes, How do you know that guy? I said, Oh yeah, he's a good kid. How old is he? I don't know, 70. <laughs> Uh, you know. uh, <laughs> oh, kid, I'm thinking 14 now. No, but, but Jeff's a very smart guy. Very analytical. He really, he's great at crunching numbers because writer too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but he pointed that out. I want to give him some credit because I, I think he's on to something yeah. there. I really think it makes a lot of sense. No, it, it definitely does. I mean, I mean, especially like just looking at Levis in particular, I mean, he was okay in that Pittsburgh start. On the road, he was dreadful in Tampa, absolutely dreadful. Yeah. But in those home games, he was yeah. great against Atlanta. He was pretty good uh, last week. Uh, the, it, it it's been a considerable difference for Levis, uh, uh, at least at home there in Nashville. All right, it, I I don't have I, I I'm kind of surprised I don't have an opinion on this game because I feel like I have opinions on Washington games every single week. Uh, the Commanders hosting the Dolphins. Uh, Chris, nine and a half Dolphins favorite on the road. Second straight week, they're big road favorites up on the I-95 corridor. Um, 49 and a half the total. I, I have no idea what to do with this game because Washington's on, they're both on extended rest technically because yeah. Miami played Friday, Washington played Thursday. And Washington with 24 hours get up, not really a big deal in that. But that Washington team fired Jack Del Rio. They fired another. We didn't defender. see a dead cat bounce there. No, I, I just, I, I, until Ron Rivera gets canned, I don't see this team doing much of anything. And the reports out of, out of DC are that he's going to make it the whole year and they're not going to do anything till then, which I think is a big mistake. Because you have Eric Bianami sitting there who clearly deserves to be a head coach in this league. You're not keeping Rivera. Let him go. Let the enemy be your interim head coach and make sure he can do the interim head coach duties along with the play calling. And boom, there you go. You have your head coach. You don't even have to leave the building. Don't have to worry about the Rooney rule. Either. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to, don't have to do anything. It's your own guy. By the way, aren't they all interim coaches? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's until, uh, you're not wrong. Until, until the owner decides. It's until they're like, right, you're enough. no longer interim. Yeah. Uh, I've, uh, I've interimed you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anyway, I, you know, I made this number higher, Jeff, but you know, from the ultra, I used to say diminishing returns, you yep. know, and anything, anytime you're, you're over seven and a half, you really have to be careful about diminishing returns. So my power ratings come to 12 in this game, but boy, you want to lay double digits on the road on it. You know, and we're not quite the double digits yet. We're at nine and a half might see double digits by post time. I do see one ten out there in the market. Uh, I'm kind of with you, Jeff. I don't have a strong opinion. You know, my, my gut tells me to take the dog in a game like this, but uh, not the easiest thing in the world for me to do. Especially with a Washington defense that is capable of giving up a lot of points against good offenses. A really saw, good offense. We saw last week with Dallas doing whatever they wanted. Granted, by the way, I, I we haven't mentioned last night at all. Oh. I, I, I just want to bring this up I have real a couple quick. things. Go yeah, ahead. Alex, we'll get to your thoughts on, on this Miami game in a second because I need I need to bring this up. There have been five regular season games that have featured no punts in it, period. Five in league history. Mike McCarthy's been involved in three of the five. I saw you tweeted three that. Of That's the five. pretty funny. How yeah. is that possible? <laughs> and, the, and the most ridiculous part of that is, the, 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 what, they've been playing, in 2014, they were playing football for 90 years, okay? 
It happened one time in the first 90 years of football, a game with no punts in the regular season. Of course, I know a few Chief fan friends of mine got on me for that Chief Colt game in the playoff where there was no punts in the early 2000s that the Colts won 38-31. Oh, the Andrew Luck? Yeah. Uh, no, Peyton Manning. Oh, the on Peyton the road. Man. oh okay. It was Dick Vermeil was coaching the wow. uh, the, uh, the Chiefs. The Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, I think it was 03, I want to say. It was either 03 okay. or 04. Oh, yeah. uh, early 2000s. Dante Hall, the kicker, third touchdown. That's the one memory I have on the KC side. Um, but the 2014 Packers, within four weeks of each other, had two kids with no punts in it, period. And the funniest part was the Bears, they did it to the Bears. The Bears had 17 points in a game with no punts, which is almost impossible. For right. us. But that game last night was was ridiculous because the refs could, kept throwing flags yeah. the first three quarters. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Geno Smith was awesome until the yeah. last two drives. Yeah. I, it, well, they for, couldn't block anybody block on those anyone. fourth downs. By the way, so I was watching, and they were talking about the field position on that last fourth down when they went for it. Uh-huh. You know, I think the second to last possession. Yeah. I I agree. I said field position. I wouldn't worry about field position. You haven't stopped them all night. Oh, 100%. what good's punting there? I know it's fourth and four. How about trying to block somebody though to give him more than a second to throw the ball? I actually thought it was the right thing because if you punt the ball there, first off, you ruin the no punt game, and that's no fun. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, but but more importantly, you just mentioned it. They're never getting the ball back. Yeah, you the only way you're getting the night. ball back is exactly how it happened. Yeah. Where. Again, McCarthy throws the ball on third down when they're out of timeouts. Unbelievable. Like, like what? I, you know, unbelievable. <laughs> I, I, I mean, first of all, I needed to cover that game with yeah. Seattle. That's number right. one. So that, that, that but, but, you know, secondly, I mean, yeah, how do you throw the I, ball? It was, it was amazing. It was an incredible sequence by McCarthy. And then you give him the extra minute. In yeah. a game where you weren't getting many stops either. Yeah. But, no, right. Yeah, it's not uh, like yeah. you, I'm going to rely I mean, on my great they, defense. They were almost at, this at point. the point, Chris and Alex, where I would have fourth and three in a game where your defense got next to no stops. I wouldn't have kicked. I would have kept my offense out there almost. It's close. It, it's close. It's close. I'm glad they kicked because I, <laughs> I, I didn't want to touch it on that. But I, I, I <laughs> our friend Barry Phillips, who's done this show, he laid five and a half on Dallas. In the end game, yes, he's like, you know, because they're lining up like they're going to go for it. I can't believe they're not going to kick. He's looking to cover the five minutes. I was just relax, Barry. We'll see what happens. But anyway, yeah, that was very poor coaching on the uh, part. Ridiculous. Sport, but I will, I will say this with Dallas, and I made this point to a friend, to uh, Matt Hamilton, who we had on the show a few weeks ago. If Dallas, Dallas is in the middle of this ridiculous stretch where they're playing all these great teams, they they have. The next four games, Philadelphia, oh, yeah. at Buffalo, at Miami, Detroit. That's their next four games. Yeah. Dak Prescott, Prescott plays well, and Dallas goes 3-1 and one in those games. Dak Prescott's going to be the MVP of the NFL this year. I think you're right. Yeah, And he has played more than well enough to warrant that. He's been better than Jalen Hurts, even though he's the betting favorite. Hurts is right now in most books, which I don't think is right. I'm with you. He, yeah. He's very good. But he has not been the best player in the league. This he's year. not. No. He just happens to be on a team with the best record, which, by the way, don't worry, we're getting to that game where I know okay. there's been a whole lot of hoopla on that one from oh, yeah. a lot of perspectives on that. Alex, to circle back, though, Miami-Washington, did you have anything there or no? Absolutely nothing. I made no. Dolphins minus 9.5 and, and the total 50, so I stayed away, especially because you said the commanders can give up a lot of points, but the Dolphins have a huge home field advantage right and play much better at home so them on the road kind of makes me nervous houston and denver's next they actually moved this game up for uh the purposes of giving cbs a real game in the one o'clock eastern window 
amazingly enough, winner of this game is they're in the playoffs as of right now. Winner of this game will will, will be in. They both are at six and five. Denver's done it with a lot of turnovers on the defensive end. Uh, Russell Wilson, I think, has played well enough, but not quite as well as people think during right. the stretch. I think it's more that just they're forcing so many turnovers, right? The turnovers and, 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 and cashing yeah. in on them. Houston, CJ Stroud's been awesome, but I will say this: I'm a little bit worried about Stroud for one reason in this game. He is turning the ball over recently, mm-hmm. and we are fa- he's seeing a defense that has been turnover happy the last six weeks. So, look, could it be one of those games where Stroud plays turnover-free football? Houston wins, covers his three-point favorites pretty easily? Absolutely. But I would be a little bit concerned here with the way Stroud has been a little bit looser with the football over the last few weeks after not throwing a pick for that first six-week stretch of the season. I'm with you 100%. I made this game pick them. Now, I do know that Denver has capitalized on an inordinate number of turnovers. They have. Does that stop now? I mean, I know it's supposed to even out over time, but does that mean this week? You know, I don't know. Against a quarterback, against a young quarterback who's, you know, been uh, turning the ball over a little bit the last couple weeks. And I got to tell you, you know, Jeff, I've talked nothing but accolades for C.J. Stroud. I oh, love yeah. the kid. I think he's fantastic. But, I mean, he's he's not Dan Marino yet. You know, let's, you know, let's slow the horses a little bit there. But I think they're a really good team, well-coached. I think this is a team that's going to be on the rise. But right now, at this point in time, in two days, I, I think Denver's the right side here. And I'll just we'll throw one other thing out at you. This game's been a toggler between three and three and a half. Probably my second sharpest player is bet me every time I go to three and a half, he runs to the window and takes a three and a half. <laughs> you know, so I think he's given me three different $20,000 bets. And I got to respect that. This guy is double sharp. So uh, that's another reason I think uh, I think I'm on the right track here. I, I like Denver in this one. I agree with you. I think the the right side is the three and a half with the Broncos. I didn't touch it. I'm pretty close my line, but I do lean to the under here, and that's mostly because of Denver's defense and how much they have improved. Yeah. You know, Alex, and and just, it's interesting because we were on opposite sides of the Houston game last week where somehow the game stayed under with that that Texans-Jaguars game. Texans had a shot to win it. Amendola was short from 58, which, again, if you're Houston, have an NFL kicker on the roster. No disrespect to Amendola, but we've seen enough of him to know he's not an NFL <laughs> kicker. Uh, but I'm with you. I, I think this is one of those where Denver Denver wants to play methodically on offense. They want to they have these long grinder drives. And then they want to turn you over on defense. And that feels like a, tw- a 24-20 game, a 21-17 game. And at 47 and a half, where this total opened in the mid 40s, I, I think this is, I think that of all the bets in this game, the under is the best one to look at in this one. But I, I will say, though, when I've been betting Houston Texan game totals this year, it has not gone well for me. So I apologize in advance uh, if I take you down with me on the under here, Alex. Well, I think you're right. I think this number's inflated a little bit because the Texans have been. Their pace has been faster, and they've yeah. been wanting to play fast. So now against this Broncos defense, which I mean, you've already said the numbers, but it is crazy. The first one, uh, week one through six gave up thirty three point three points. L- seven through twelve brought that down to sixteen, and then the takeaways in weeks one through six, first six weeks just six, and now they've had sixteen in the last six weeks. That is insane what they've been able to do. You know, is is it? purely coincidence and i know like recovering fumbles is 
But forcing turnovers, is that merely coincidence or do you have to credit the defense at some point? I don't know. I'm asking a question. I don't it, know. It, well, I mean, look, there's a lot of fumbles are luck for the most part. Fumble recoveries. Fumble reco exactly, yeah. yes, yes. Yes. Fumble recoveries are, are, are luck more than anything. Yeah, you got to give credit to the scheme. I mean, this is a team that gave up 70 points in week three. <laughs> I, I mean, like, like, let's not forget yeah. that. This team gave up 70 in a game, in an yeah. NFL game this year. And here they are. Was that the Redskins Bears back in like thirty three <laughs> or something? And, and, and again, it, it was it was that first game against Kansas City where the where the light went on for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah, because they gave thirty one points to the Jets, which is basically seven games worth at this point. <laughs> but they turned it on after that game with Kansas City. Their defense has been great. They've been great on third down on defense as well. That's also spurred this for Denver's run back from the bottom of the AFC mm -hmm. right into the playoff chase. And Chris, your team is very good at takeaways too. That's what mm -hmm. makes their defense really good. Yeah, I, I, I think it's not purely coincidence. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there's some to it, but there's some that's not. All right, Chris, let's go to it. San Francisco, three on the road in Philadelphia. Uh, 47 and a half the total. Uh, I could not help myself. I took the three. Uh, I don't know how much I really like it, <laughs> but it's just one of those where I... I, I do think the Niners are better. I agree with the power rankings, as you've said. Uh, I, I know you talked with uh, Sammy P earlier right, this yeah. week, and you wrote about it on Fox Sports. Yeah, uh, I do think the Niners are better. But when, to me, I have the Eagles as the second-best team in the NFL. Mm -hmm. I may be higher than most on the Eagles because of their, their great record in close games this year. But if it's Team 1 versus Team 2, and I'm getting 3 with Team 2 at home, it's an auto take for me, and if the Niners beat me, so be it. That's how I look at this from my perspective. Yeah, I I have the Eagles and the Chiefs uh, kind of the same rating. Yeah, Niners number one. And I told Sammy, you know, I, my numbers come to the Niners two. Okay. Uh, I mean, so at three, which is really that's the market right now. There's nothing. Let, there's some three even money, but at three, it's a take or pass. Right. I mean, I'm not. Would you, you know beat down the doors to get to a, a plus three no but i think at three you know it's very hard to lay that number and they listen the niners might win by 27 i don't know but i think really you look just pure numbers wise you know philly at home you know niners i do think is the best team in the league now that they're they appear to be fully healthy uh, i think you gotta i think you gotta take that plus three i'm with you i took the three as well and you know, the Eagles are really good at home, and they get Lane Johnson back, which is huge for their offensive yes. line. How come Brock Purdy is not in the MVP conversation? So, so you know what? I, I, I was on with Philly Radio earlier this week, actually. We actually had this conversation on Purdy because I, I know this will come as a shock to you, Chris, but the my friends who were on Philly Radio were stunned when I said Jalen Hurts should not be the, the, the betting favorite. <laughs> You're lucky they the couldn't MVP. punch you through yeah, the phone. I, I, yeah. I have a very, very, a very good relationship with uh, Sean Brace and John Jansen, not the lineman, a different John Jansen uh, in Philadelphia. But I, I, they asked me, who long shot MVP, longer shot MVP, what would you look at? My first answer was, I think Tyreek Hill should win the award anyway right now, but we know the voters are too dense to vote for a non-quarterback. This was before Dak on Thursday. But Brock Purdy was 14 to 1, 16 yeah. to 1. If the Niners win this game, this and their favorite too, that race for the MVP to me comes down to Purdy versus Prescott. And it comes down to how those guys look down the stretch. I'm with you. I'm a little surprised that they've held back, that, that the market is not respecting Purdy in the MVP market. Mm -hmm. 
And we know how the voters refuse to vote for a non-quarterback yeah. now these days, Chris. I got to tell you something funny. We were watching Get Up this morning. Okay. You know, and I think Caesars, you know, they always quote the Caesars line. They had Purdy 12 to 1. Okay. And my wife looks at me and goes, how can Purdy be 12 to 1? Honey, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a vote. What can I tell you? You know, I don't know. It's probably about the price that he should be at this point. But, you know, I think uh, I think you make a good point. If they finish this if they finish the league as the number one team, even regardless if they're the number one seed or right. not, I think if they go in, to if they're the, the number two seed in the NFC, yeah, if they go in as the the best team, apparently right. best team, yeah, I think Purdy's very much alive. I don't know if he'll win it or not, you know, but he's going to yeah. be very much alive. Yeah, I, I really do think at this point, if if San Francisco wins on Sunday, it is Purdy and Prescott down the stretch. If Philadelphia wins, and if it's another one of those. Uh, close games and people are not enamored with how they manage to win despite the fact that they keep winning these games. Prescott and Dallas, by the way, next week, that's a matchup, Philly and Dallas. Yeah. I, there are going to be a lot of people betting Dallas next week if uh, Philly finds a way to win another close one this uh, week. Okay, but you mentioned the last four games for, for Dallas. Oh, yeah. I mean, could they be 1-3? and three? They could go 0-4 They in could those go 0-4. They could very easily you go 0-4. You could, forget the, you could uh, rip yeah. up your Prescott tickets at yeah. that point. I mean, you know, that's four tough games. And I don't – you, you said if they go 3-1, and one, go, that's a big if, I oh, would it's a say. Huge, it's a huge if because they're going to – I would imagine even with all Buffalo's problems, Buffalo would still be a small favorite against Dallas in Buffalo. I think so. And Miami should be a small favorite at home against the Cowboys sure. as well. So – that's two games to a dog. They'll be favored against Philly next week in Arlington. They'll be favored against Detroit in Arlington. So, I mean, it could be four coin flip games for all, all we yeah, care easily. at this point. All right. Joe Flacco starting. There we go. Confirmed earlier today. <laughs> Flacco gets to start with DTR. Not yet cleared out of concussion protocol, uh, which uh, begs the question, boy, what has happened to P.J. Walker? What a, what a demise for him all the way down beyond, behind Flacco. Uh, Chris, you're uh, one of the few three and a halfs that are in the market on L.A. Yeah, Rams. Not for now. long. As soon as we get a break, I'm calling in. I'm yeah, because I wanted to go to four early. Jeff, I'm flooded with with Browns money. Oh, then go and to I, four. I, then. I, yeah, I, I said, <laughs> you know, I said we, you know, by all rights, I'd probably be at three with this game. But I told him, I said, should we go to four? And we're looking. I said, no, we have so much money on the Browns. So we probably should take a bet, but now I'm looking at the market. I don't want to take a bet. I'd rather have let let me have the Rams going for me here in this one. I really have nothing on this one with Joe Flacco going in. I know the Browns have an excellent defense, but I haven't really been able to read the Rams all year long. So, no feel for this. I, I, all I'll say is, the, we, you and I had this discussion a few weeks ago off the air, Alex, where one of these bumbling NFC teams that was at an ugly record about three weeks ago was going to make a little bit of a push. And it sure looks like the Rams and the Packers are the two candidates that are making the push in the NFC to possibly yep. sneak into the playoffs. I really like the Rams, especially I the do. three and a halfs that are out there. I think this is a great matchup for LA because the, we talked about this with Cleveland. Cleveland's defense at home is the best unit in the NFL. Cleveland's defense away from home, pretty darn average. This game is in LA. I Flacco, Flacco can still spin it a little bit. Can't move. Can't and move. No. Aaron Donald is going to have a nice day as he always does. That is not the guy I want going against yeah. Aaron Donald. So I, I like the Rams. I, I'm, 
I four is I still think is fine on LA as well. I think this is a multi-score win for the Rams and Cleveland is hoping DTR is out of concussion protocol the following week. Well, let, let me back up for one second here. And I've said oftentimes it's counterintuitive. You want to take the two and a halves. Sure. You want to get the three. Of course. But you want to take the two and a half, like in the Jets game, and you want to lay the three and a halves, like in the Rams game. It tells you it, you're moving away from that key number. Kind of tells you eh, do they win all the time. Obviously not. But it kind of tells you where the smart money is, one way or the other. Let's go to Sunday night, Kansas City at Green Bay. You know what? I got to give the Packers a lot of credit. I, I, I thought this was a lost year. I thought Jordan Love stunk. I thought, oh, back to the drawing board. Here we go. But the last two weeks, they beat the Chargers in the game the Chargers chargered in. And then on Thanksgiving, which was a, a total uh, false hope for you guys behind the counter there, Chris, the greatest result possible to begin the week heading into the Started off great. Started off great. And then third and Next two days weren't so <laughs> not, good. Not so good uh, after that. But Green Bay was clearly the right side the whole game in that game against yeah, Detroit. 29-22 right. win outright over a touchdown dog, win it outright. Now they return home to take on the Chiefs, who that really, Alex, you and I talked about it last Sunday. It just felt like the spot for Kansas City to get themselves straight. It took a while. Yes, it did. Down 14 nothing right out of the <laughs> gate. But the Chiefs won. They covered all numbers here in Vegas against the Raiders. Chris, you opened six and a half. It's down to six. Casey laying in on Sunday night in Green Bay. 42 is the total. I don't have much of an opinion on this one. All this feels pretty good to me. My numbers came to six. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I don't know. Uh, no real opinion. I hope we have a great game that night, but that, I don't have an opinion one way or the other. I'm probably going to look at first half and probably over because how Green Bay has been playing. They come out hot. We saw that on Thanksgiving Day in their last three games. They're averaging 15.3 in the first halves compared to 7.5 that they were doing for most of the season. And then Kansas City, we know they like to try and get a lead early on. They're averaging 16.9 points in the first half, and they are second to last in second halves in points scored so i mean that's been their biggest issue this year that's why a lot of their games have stayed under the total because they're doing all their uh scoring in the first two quarters but so i would look at first half over in this one interesting okay. yeah I, you know it's it's kansas city was backwards in that game last week yes they the were because usually it's the 15 play script at the beginning of the game they look like the best team in the world always we know again when you have Arguably the best coach in the NFL and the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, that's going to happen. But they were dreadful early in that game. And then they turned it on as it went along. Uh, you know, a second pass-catching option that we've been screaming for all year with Kansas City finally showed up in that game. Rasheed Rice was great. And that's part of the reason they were able to do what they did in that last three quarters against the Raiders. I I don't disagree with your, your total play there, Alex, because it does feel like a game where I think Green Bay is going to be able to move the ball. I think the chief defense is taking the slightest of steps backwards as this year goes along. And I think the chief script works out early pretty well in that one. And Green Bay, Green Bay really lived off turnovers early in that game to really push that game out of reach and make it very hard for Detroit to get back in it last week. Monday night, wrap things up with Monday night football, Chris. Jake well, Browning, yeah. you excited? <laughs> Did you ever see his high school stats? No, I did not. They are, he is senior year in high school. He had 90 touchdown passes. That's pretty good. What, nine a game? Yeah, <laughs> that's, pretty that's good. probably okay. <laughs> I'm assuming wow. they played a 10-game schedule. Wow, yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah. ridiculous. But uh, yeah. 
<laughs> so uh, you so, get a chance. Take a look at his high school I'll, stats. I'll, They're I'll unbelievable. So Browning and the uh, Bengals, you know, it kind of looked like we expected last yeah. week. They had one good drive against a team with a good defense and then didn't do much of anything. After that, it was just tough for them to move the ball against the Steelers. And now they get Jacksonville. Jackson, it's been a while since Jacksonville's been a big favorite like this against yeah. the non-AFC South team. Yeah. Eight and a half, 38 and a half the total. You know what? This is a good test for Jacksonville for one reason and one reason only. If you're going to take the next leap to go from, all right, division winner, get a home game, win a home playoff game, and all right, you had a nice season too. Hey, this team is a contender that can make it to the Super Bowl. You come out and you smack the team with the backup quarterback in your own building. Uh, I think this is either a, a, a Jacksonville route or this is Cincinnati might have the ball laid with a chance to win the game. And we're really second guessing the Jaguars moving forward. You know, we went to that, um, the, the Niners Jaguars game. Sure. You know, and I remember that week. I love the Niners, but I remember saying, I, I love the Niners this week, but look for Jacksonville to go on a run after this. And so far, that's happened. Yep. Nonetheless, my numbers come to seven and a half. Okay. On this game. So, you know, now it's eight. You know, once you've kind of breached the walls past seven, uh, you know, you know, where do you go from there? Is eight and a half enough? Is it, you got to get to nine. You got to get nine and a half. You got to get to 10. I don't know. But I'm kind of with you. I mean, I think if Jacksonville is going to be labeled a serious Super Bowl contender, they got to run this team out of the building. I don't know if they can or not. I think it's a little bit of a high number. And for and Alex, for 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 Jacksonville, this is at the beginning of the year. This looked like the stretch for them, where it was you're going to get Burrow in Cincinnati on the Monday night. You're going to go to the cold weather in Cleveland in early December, and then you're going to get Baltimore on a Sunday night after that. Obviously, it looks a little bit different with Browning, but it still plays the same. Taking the leap to being a legitimate contender, like Chris and I said, you wipe out a team with a backup quarterback. And I'm with Chris. I have the number right there, but it's a, it's a great teaser spot. I might yeah. look to yes. tease the Jags down to two and a half. Um, Bengals' defense is really bad, so it's not just their offense that's struggling now with Browning. Their defense has given up a lot of yards, a lot of points in the last few games. So I I agree with you. I think it's a great spot for the Jags and should be able to uh, come out on top. This this will be a a total what if season for the Bengals with the way that everything has happened around them. They just got caught in the mix. Your quarterback gets hurt. You're not going to win a lot of games. You're not going to no. be a competitor when a top-of-the-line guy like Burrow gets hurt. Uh, just again, that this AFC has been as weird as you could have asked this year where Buffalo is down. Cincinnati's mm. going to miss the playoffs. Um, Kansas City is vulnerable. It, it, we have potential for some real anarchy in the AFC playoffs, which probably means they're going through Arrowhead Stadium and the Chiefs will be here in, in Vegas in February. That's probably how that will end up playing out. Or the yeah. Super Bowl colors might come to fruition with the Ravens and the Niners. I think Raven, the Ravens oh, might. Ravens, Niners. Handicapping going on okay. Ravens, Niners. Is Jim Harbaugh going to come back and coach the Niners for, for Kyle <laughs> Shanahan that day? I don't think so. I don't I think, think so either. Think so. So. All right, well. A lot of fun today. Yeah. A lot of fun today. A lot of good football. I'm off to Allegiant Stadium. Oh, yes. yeah. good. You got to get out of yeah, here. Yeah. Go uh, see the Ducks. Where do you the, park? Uh, Mandalay. Mandalay okay. and Walk Across. That's okay. it's just easy. What's it cost? Uh, oh, MGM status. Nothing. Oh, look at you. Oh, <laughs> oh pardon, I can, I can, I can, pardon me. No, I can, I can, I can thank my guy, Mike Piranio, for that over at Mandalay Bay. Oh, uh, okay. runs this. Thanks, the, only Mike. the only reason I have that is because of Mike Piranio. <laughs> I'll let you get out of here, but I was late. Did you make a bet on the Pac 12? 
I did not. Okay. I did not. I, the only thing. Yet. So I'm, I'm going to the game with my wife. I can almost guarantee you we'll have some sort of overplay before we make it into the stadium. That would be my guess. Because I, I think Chris's num- everyone's number is right at nine and a half. We missed the 10, so we're not going to chase the bad number on Washington. Um, but I got a 10 I, right over there. Oh, you got a 10 now? Yeah. Well, maybe I might take some 10 before <laughs> I leave. 10 sitting right but, uh, all, 10 all, feet all, from all, you. All I will say is when there's no real rooting interest, Rooting for points is oh, a lot yeah. of fun. Absolutely. Uh, oh, you've been listening to the friend. <laughs> no, well, I've been listening to the friend. Well, and also too with Vin, with Vinny again. He's called the people with the uh, the defense out there liars the whole year. So, <laughs> so we got to do that. Yes, Frank, you can bet unders. You can bet unders. Just remember that. All right, that's all the time we have. We'll see you again tomorrow, eight in the morning. Alex and I are back uh, previewing again. If you missed anything today, get it on the YouTube page, South Point Studio uh, on YouTube. Uh, shout out as well, Oasis here in town. Dom's Pizzeria, uh, as always, uh, and uh, our, our friends on, on Buffalo at Steiner's as well. For Alex White, Chris Andrews, shout out to the crew, Sean, Jerry, Ryan, and I'm Jeff Parles. We'll see you tomorrow on Sports by the Book.